more. This is one more. Welcome to Otra Por Favor. Otra Por Favor. Another episode here in the studio of Hyperware. Hyperware Studios. Let's go. How are you today, Coque? I'm doing amazing, man. And uh, as you know, at Otra Por Favor, we like to celebrate experiences in football, community, and culture. Um, while many of our other previous episodes have been rooted in Austin, in Austin stories, today we have the privilege of taking the skies, uh, the seas, planes, automobiles, trains, and uh, living our best life. With our special guest here, Vicky Gonzalez. Vicky has forged her own path, um, past traditional expectations of career and life while always holding with pride her uh, Mexican-American identity. Um, she's traveled all over the world and is here to share her stories, her travel expertise, and recent ventures into event planning. Uh, so join us in welcoming, welcoming Vicky Gonzalez. Hey, guys. Hey. Thanks for the welcome. How are you today, Vicky? <laughs> I'm doing great. A uh, little... Busy, you know, but nice to be back in Austin, Texas. Nice. I love this place. Yeah. You know, I went to college here, so it always feels like Hook them. Yeah. Let's go. Are you, also, hey. you also went to UT? <laughs> I did. Nice. I did. Yeah. yeah. So actually, uh, a little bit of how I met Vicky, um, it was it was through a uh, uh, mutual connection. Uh, we've talked about him several times. I feel we've talked about him so much that he almost has to be on the show at some point. <laughs> Uzi Aguirre. Everybody knows Uzi. Everybody, everybody <laughs> knows Uzi, a.k.a. Squid Boy, a.k.a. so many a.k.a.s, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, he introduced me to, to Vicky. At, it was at some party, and all I remember, the, what, what sticks with me, is the late night ride to Jack in the Box. Because mm-hmm. Vicky somehow was driving us I don't know home. why. I, was I don't know how. I don't know how she got in charge of being responsible for... I was for, the, for, the for, designated for, driver for, that night. Yes. <laughs> And we go to Jack in the Box, and of course we get the uh, the, the tacos, okay, ninety nine cent oh, well, with uh, those, ranch. And I everything. miss those things. Hey, we don't have those things anymore, man. Inflation, one twenty nine. they're yeah. a little more expensive. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. I think the only thing that say cheaper in the inflation was the Arizona iced tea, but everything else parriba. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, that in that moment of uh, of uh, drunkenness and party, whatever college experience, Vicky took care of me. Probably took care of Uzi too, and. Um, <laughs> Fast forward another 10 years, and she's taking care of a lot more people now. Years, it's wow. crazy. I know. It's crazy. So welcome to the show, Vicky. I'm so excited to, to hear, to hear you. Appreciate yeah. it. And, uh, you know, we actually did something different today just to vibe with the talk and traveling. We, we actually dressed up a little bit. We usually come after work with tank top, something yeah, yeah. like that. looks like we just got them working out or a black <laughs> shirt, you know. But today, Coca's like, dude, let's bring some something different. Estamos, yeah. estamos en la playa. Estamos it. en Tulum. Estamos yeah, in, <laughs> we're, work, we're in Tulum. <laughs> and um, but yeah, let's let's hop into before we get you know in the in the whole part of your work and everything. We want to hear about you and and your upbringing. Can you let us know where you're from originally and what yeah. was it like for you growing up? For sure. So I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Okay. So I'm a Texas native. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm one of three s- girls. I'm first generation Mexican-American. So my parents came in at a young age. Okay. Um, didn't know each other. They're from Zacatecas and Querétaro. So if you guys are familiar with yeah. that, those areas. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess lower middle class, mm-hmm. you know, growing mm-hmm. up in a mostly predominantly white neighborhood. But with the years, it ended up 
becoming predominantly Mexican. <laughs> so, as the trend goes, sometimes it's opposite. But this was this Different. was a Mexican. Yeah, yeah. Like and it. you know, being the oldest out of three, it was always told to me like, "Tienes que sacar adelante a tus hermanas." Mm. Be the ejemplo. Be the example. Be the example. Right. Like I always had to have the top grades because if I had good grades, my sisters followed. I had to be una doctora. I had to get a scholarship. It was just mm -hmm. like all these expectations. All were these laid pressures. Out. Yeah. yeah. As I mean, and you know. It, Thinking back to it, I tell my parents, like, thanks for pushing me and putting those expectations to me because they did give up a lot to come to this country and mm -hmm. not knowing the language, you know, it has to be worth it, right? Yeah, so for sure. I do thank them for, you know, they pushed me. I didn't grow up to be doctor. Sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, or a lawyer or anything else they envisioned for me. But I, I think it's safe to say that at this point they are still like proud of the daughter of they raised and you know the things I've the small accomplishments I've already gained. So, um, yeah, being a Latina just in Mesquite, Texas. Mesquite, <laughs> Mesquite, Texas. Man, well, I mean, I would say just traveling and experiencing everything you've done—that's an accomplishment. Uh, yeah, you know, you're not a doctor, you're not a, an, an attorney, but um, I mean, you got to experience what. They want to experience every day. So that's, that's very true. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You live to live that lavish life. I kind of live it like cheating, but I do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and we're excited to hear about, about those those lavishes and luxuries that you've that you've uh, hacked hacked found hacks, found tips, found ways to do it. Because um, for a lot of people we find that uh, these types of things like traveling and doing uh, things that are that are kind of luxurious are unattainable or we mm -hmm. kind of block ourselves from it. But um, you you found ways to, to do these things and fully experience things without having to hold yourself back. So I can't wait to get into that. But if you can if you can tell us why, like, so you went to you went to school, you, you went to UT, right? And, mm -hmm. and and you studied you studied a career. What did, what what was it that you studied originally? I uh, went into school. <laughs> so funny. I uh, <laughs> majored in psychology with the intention of going into grad school and becoming a sex and like relationship therapist for heterosexual relationships okay, gotcha. and i was like um and then i minored in advertising so wow yeah it's pretty diverse it's route. pretty diverse <laughs> i was gonna say i've never heard where someone goes into psychology you know and then goes into advertising yeah no well it was <laughs> no, actually I, I it's very it's kind of close yeah, yeah it's, it's close. funny because like i really got into like the sales and marketing of it okay. because i was mm -hmm. in i was taking my psychology course social psychology or something and mm -hmm. we were learning about how that the humans just react to certain marketing tools so like mm -hmm. the marketing fear like how propaganda like puts all these markets out and how people react psychologically wise like mm -hmm. colors they even use like for some reason like blue is a huge popular for a brand so if mm -hmm. you think of blue you think of like trusting so you think of like mm -hmm. you know some major brands that use the color blue that's probably why they went probably a, a lot of airlines use that Blue in the yeah. branding. Oh, that's Jet true Blue, too. Delta, Southwest. Yeah, so yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Este, Frontier doesn't have blue y la están cagando. Exactly. Mira, Spirit, yellow, imagínate, no. Está el secreto. El problema es el color del vuelo. We can get into Spirit. We can get into Spirit. I definitely want to talk about Spirit later. I don't know how this, we didn't think about this, but... Uh, well, I, I think no. they just solved like a first world problem. There we go. Now we know the issue. Like, I swear out of this, if they don't hear it, then... I know. Dude, I know. I, I they, they need to, like, if they change their colors, yeah, we'll, we're, we're copywriting this. I know, right? <laughs> I saw this video of somebody um, on Spirit Airlines or, like, waiting in the lobby in the gate was uh, preaching on the on the speaker or something. Okay. 
like giving a sermon. What? And I was thinking like, ah, you know, as much as, uh, you know, I respect people's like spirituality and religions, like maybe that's not something I want that, that certain people want to hear before they take a flight. What if they're like a different religion? Or yeah, something? there's a time and a place. <laughs> for sure. That, is so, that would never happen on the airline I work for. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're deviating a little bit. So, yeah, you went to school. For, you studied psychology. Um, you went, you had a minor in advertising. And then what was that? Wh- what was the experience, the college experience? What else did you get out of that uh educational experience apart from like what you studied it's funny because like you know being in college in austin mm-hmm. i'm latino like i didn't have sorry like rich parents to pay for all of my stuff yeah. so mm-hmm. i was always getting into like small gigs whether it was like for temporary semester like the entire year um and i would always pick up like promoting i, I started promoting at the clubs in dallas you oh, know okay. so what like, clubs? uh thrive was one of them Shout out I have no idea. <laughs> don't exist anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I was always in the mix socially, okay. right? Um, I was doing promotions, dude. I promoted Tito's when they were like coming out, like oh, when they wanted dang. to become a. That bottle was like, I think I was selling it for like eighteen dollars back then. I mean, now the it's handle, like, the handle of Tito's. Yeah, it's like no, I love Tito's. Yeah, Tito's I, is good. It's great. Yeah, it's a great brand. But that's to tell you, like, you know, I, I, I kind of just always was in the mix of like social, like. I don't know, the nightlife mm-hmm. vibe. Um, and even with my sorority, I was the social officer. So, like, I put up club events mm-hmm. and uh, for our fundraisers mm-hmm. and for our, you know, get-togethers. I mm-hmm. forgot what we called them back then. Um, meetings. No. Whenever you, like, remember when Odify and... I'm not, mixers. I don't, mixers. Oh, mixers. mixers. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. There gotcha. we go. I'm like, I'm, whenever, <laughs> like, two... Wait, what is it called? Um, yeah, so, you know, I just... So you've always been a social butterfly. And always been your, a social butterfly. Putting yourself in situations that, that either you're hustling or, or at these, like, social events. And right. So one thing, like, say, for example, um, you come from, from, like, say, your parents, they never really, like, experienced or never had because of their their priority was to make, like, help you, yeah, and make, make sure you guys were okay. But in their mind, they never thought, like, say you know what, I want to do this, like, social social things outside, you know, like, social light and do these events at nightlife because it is a, it's a, it's a for me, it's, I've always enjoyed the nightlife, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just more so, like, the, the picture part, the, the marketing part behind events, concerts. Right. Uh, I'm not a, a really morning person. I go to sleep at three sometimes. <laughs> he goes to sleep when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's, like, 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 say, for example, with what you're, you know, you're doing or what you were thinking of you growing up, like, did you ever have any, like from your parents, any questions or any, you know, moments where they were questioning, like, were questioning, like, oh, what's up? What are you doing? Yeah, no, it's funny. Like my, okay, I guess this is kind of a important note to make. My dad's a bartender. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. So my dad raised the family on bartending life. Uh, he actually managed some really high-end bars where, like, the wow. Cowboys back in the 90s are, like, you know, party. That's, that's when they were yeah. cray-cray, bro. The yeah, Cowboys like in the 90s. Yeah, like, Emmett Smith running around, you know. <laughs> sure, my dad uh, saw some crazy stuff. Oh, I'm but sure he did. I'm sure he's got some stories. <laughs> I know. But, no, I, I, I think, like, that, obviously, you always want your kids to do better right. and, you know, they would always be like, yo no sé por qué andas fuera esta noche, porque quieres salir, you know? And I'm like, I don't know, I want to have a good time, I want to enjoy yeah. life. High school, I mean, because I would go home in the summer for like during mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. y ahí andaba, 
promoting. And, Mommy, it's making me money. Pero por qué tienes que chingado hacer eso? No tienes <laughs> otra cosa? Like, they felt like it was a reflection uh, on, like, on, my on parents, the, too, yeah. you know? On them, yeah. Yeah, of and, course. and even, like, there was a time where, like, my dad, like, si yo tomaba una cerveza y estaba en la jara, or, like, I would get in trouble. Lady, it's not ladylike. Right, you know? no, and really that's something I want to touch on, too, because I grew up as the oldest and uh, the middle child was my, is my sister, Alejandra, and she's maybe, like, five or four years younger than me. And she grew up with a lot of those same pressures from my from my parents, like okay. the image of because mm. my parents have a lady of a lady. They they have bi- a, a business. You know, my mom has a beauty salon. My dad has a sports store. Like so, obviously, she we would all kind of help out. And um, the image of my sister was always more pressured like on her, like how she portrayed herself, like how she was, um, you know, how she appeared versus my brother and I. We had a little bit less pressure. We had a little bit more liberties to go out to mm-hmm. drink, to drink from the carra or whatever, mm-hmm. even if, you know, we weren't of age. But um, it's something that I think we need to touch on as, as Latinos because, like, it's kind of, it, it's a double standard that we got to yeah. call out and maybe... It, it, it's very true. I think, like, you know, my dad's from un pueblo, like a small, small town, so... Mm-hmm. In Zacatecas or Querétaro? Zacatecas. Okay. So, you know, like, the even more pressure of, like, that... They, I think, the, you know, they come into the city and they still have all those, like, traditions and... Right. Um, you know, you, know you know what you know. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's coming in, like, you know, you go out, see la hija de tal, tal, sale con el novio. By the end of the day, like, everybody knows about it, yeah. right? But it's not, I mean, Dallas has, like, two million people. So, right? yeah. You know, no, I'm sorry, Dad, we're not that popular yet. You know, like, nobody knows <laughs> yes. who Gonzalez is, you know? <laughs> like, but I, it was very much, even with my family, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I grew up, with, my best friend was an older cousin. He's a guy. And it was always, like, bueno, Alex anda afuera las, hasta las 12. And I'm like, can I go? No, no puedes, eres mujer. And, mm. or no puedes tomar cerveza, Vicky, eres mujer. And I'm like, I got really tired of that, you know, because it's mm-hmm. like, yo, what, why am I any much more of that difference? And, you know, my dad and I have fought maybe three times in my entire life. Okay. And our first fight was me being the cabrona. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. I went to go buy in a... 24 de 2X, and <laughs> me amiga in, the, in the house. I was like, fuck it. Like, they're going to come home and they're going to see me. And oh my God. Yo no sé por qué así. Yo no yeah. sé por qué eres así. Yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I kind of confronted him. I was like, yeah. listen, if you want me to go out in this world and take on man positions, be CEO, be a boss, you can't treat me any different or I'm going to mm-hmm. think different. Right. Mm. That's a great point. That's God a great point. Damn. Sheesh. God I don't know. I don't damn. Know where I, and, and it's crazy because, like, I feel like sometimes it's hard. You know, we grew up Latinos. You got to respect your elders. Right. You got to, like, right. follow your mom and dads. And by but all means. But to a point, right? Yeah. To a point. By all means. Respectfully, me, like, you know, yeah, yeah. disagree. Exactly. And, and, and bring up what your thoughts and perspectives are. You, we got to, like, get rid of some of this, like, the machismo, the double standards mm-hmm. that as Mexicans yeah. we're, like, you know, There's just a passing lot. on and continue to, like, do, you know? It, it's something that we've talked a lot about on this yeah. podcast. That, like, machismo is something that we got to recognize and also call out when we see it. Call out because it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I th- at the end of the day, it's I, f- I believe women should wear whatever they want to wear. They should dress however they want to dress. Without a guy saying anything, you know, mm-hmm. because that's, it's like, say, for example, it, it's, uh, I, I always, you know, whenever I grew up, I had a hard time with, with that, that aspect. It's very similar where 
¿qué van a decir si estáis tomando Richie en la iglesia? And I was like, me vale lo que tiene la iglesia. Like, as I got older, like, they're not paying my bills. Like, whenever, yeah, like, whenever, I, whenever I, uh, I moved to Houston and I was, you know, I was living there with a roommate, like, nobody's paying my bills. Yeah. So when yeah. I came back with a different mentality, like, because it was in Galveston when we were, you know, we lived there for 15 years and it was always like, ¿qué van a decir los hermanos y hermanas? Y el pastor, which, you know, Which is cool, like other people, you know, I really look up to that and I admire that. But I'm like, this guy that's here doesn't pay my stuff. Like, he's just a, you know, a guy that everybody looks up to, which is good. But he cannot dictate who you are and what you what you do. Right. So for me, I took it as, you know, you have to be bold. And even with my parents, like me drinking a beer, not until like I would say recently, it finally came okay with my dad to, okay, I can drink a beer in front of it him. It just but took nearly 40 years. It took years. a while, almost 40 <laughs> years. But um, but then again, like I, I had a talk with him like one day, and I told him, "Look, you're focusing on this one glass with liquid on it that can you know loosen me up or whatever." But that's not my lifestyle. Like my lifestyle is creating things, is doing all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to create. Point, yeah, right? the, the point for me is not drinking, but the point for me is doing everything I can. Because I want to do it because, you know, if it's bad and if it's illegal, then I, I can see why right. you're getting on my case. But I'm creating stuff that it's something different and it's something that, you know, that that you should feel like, okay, I need to pay attention to what you're doing, your content and everything you do rather than just like a beer. Right. And he, he, he kind of got it like yeah, the after pressure. that. But like if I'm going to be out being a superstar, yeah. I want to like relax when I get home. If right. I want to have a chela, like no i think in my in my family being the oldest like and kind of facing those same type of uh pressures from parents like you know why are you drinking why are you doing this maybe it wasn't as 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 much as pressure as like my sister but at the same time you know my family like historically has had um some some have had uh, problems with alcohol Mm -hmm. and so my my parents especially my, my mother she always kind of in her mind like saw that and didn't want to me to fall into the same mistakes right. and patterns. But, you know, once I started kind of maturing and, and growing and like not truly acting out, just, Hey, I'm going to have a beer or two and it's going to be fine. It worked out, but it's tough. You know, you yeah. be, you being the older sibling, you know, that there's a lot of pressure uh, to be that example for, for, for your, uh, for your younger siblings. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much, very much. And it's funny, like, I mean, Nos gusta cotorear los Mexicans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's known that, like, I mean, we have el borracho on the lotería, guys. Yeah. Yeah, literally, that's a character yeah. on, a, on a game. The lotería reflects game. everything in our life. The aspect. La, la dama, everything. el mundo, el diablo. Yeah, the lotería explains society, the societal yeah, structure. Angel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, bro, it does. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. But, and it's funny because, like, when I travel to places mm. and I tell people, like, oh, soy mexicana, Mexican. Oh, que piensa la fiesta. Like, the they, stereotypes. They, the stereotypes just tequila. jump in. Yeah. yeah, they're like, el tequila, el tequila, la cerveza. And it's like, so funny. But I mean, it's kind of true. I just, I, people might th- think of alcoholics. I think we like to have a good time. That's yeah. It. <laughs> Vicky, I'm glad you mentioned traveling. This is like a huge part of, of what you've been doing and, you know, who you are. Tell us what, what, what got you. What, when did you get bit by that travel bug? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, Funny, and um, we were in college. Mm-hmm. Spring break's always a thing, right? Like, who doesn't want to have the best spring break? Dude, every <laughs> See, spring break. I never got to experience that because no, I was a Christian. Wait, I, so I didn't start drinking until, like, I was maybe 25. That's when I literally, like, okay, I'm going to go out and drink. 
Yo, we, we gotta dedicate like a week to Richie. <laughs> oh, and no. Then, like, Pero after 25, ahí le di. We gotta todo. just do a spring no, break for you, bro. No, but we gotta do a spring break for you. Like, you can't, like, what? I've, I've done everything, bro. Like, I don't think I've ever had a spring break moment. <laughs> Missing out, man. I, I know, right? <laughs> right? So I think that, like, uh, as I was in college, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, oh, Padre Island. Ooh. Yeah, let's go. Freshman Vámonos year. Padre. I had my car. I was like, road trip. And mm -hmm. then I was like, next year, what am I gonna do? And then I was like, oh, you know, I think I was rushing actually, but ended up in Cancun one year and Miami one year. And then my friend was like, hey, I'm studying abroad in Paris. Ooh. So at this I... point, I was already known as the spring breaker, like planner. Okay. Right? Like everybody was like, where's Victoria going for spring you break? You assumed that role. I was just like, I know where the it spots are at. Wow. <laughs> wow. No, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember my friend invited me mm -hmm. to go to Paris. <laughs> And um, I was like, I don't even know if I can, like, afford this, mm -hmm. you know? So I was like, I don't know. Let me check prices. Well, I had a, my cousin. She was working with um, an airline. Okay. And she hooked it up with the ticket. Ooh. Gifted it to me for my prima. 21st birthday. Nice. Went to Paris for. Shout out to the prima. Shout out, Carla. Love you. <laughs> um, three weeks. And I remember spending Christmas at the Notre Dame right in front of it as, like, we hit midnight on Ooh. Christmas Day. And it just felt, like, magic, blissful. You know, mm -hmm. I was just like, wow, like, dude, I dreamed about this. Like, when I was young, mm -hmm. my parents couldn't afford to take me anywhere on a plane. Right. I didn't get on my first plane until I was 18 Wow, to New York City, mm -hmm. um, which at that point I was working $5.25 an hour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was like my wage, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I raised every single penny to pay for my own trip to okay. New York, you know? Hustler. Yeah. Okay, age, age 16. <laughs> no, but hey. my dad, you know what? Like, he would do road trips, mm -hmm. you know? And every time we went to Mexico, because we go, what, every winter, mm -hmm. every summer, right? right Mexico right. is the place. The place to go. And he would choose a new city for us to, like, visit. Because he oh, wanted okay. to incorporate, like, something new. Okay. Like the beach, whatever. So I feel like it kind of like was already a little bit creeping since yeah. then. And then when I took this Paris trip and I'm sitting right there in the Notre Dame, I'm like, yo, I want to keep feeling this. Mm -hmm. Like, I yeah. want to do this. Right, like, this right. is my thing. I came back from her vacation or my vacation. And I remember like uh, that was so that was fall. Spring was coming up. Mm -hmm. I was looking everywhere to figure out how to start these like study abroad like how do i how do i study abroad mm -hmm. what do i have to do yeah i had like one more year one semester left mm -hmm. so like by then i had already taken all my basics except for my spanish class oh so of course nice. you go to la madre patria i went to spain yeah <laughs> so here's one thing you were 18 right um yeah. at that time uh i grew up uh in my generation when i was 18 half of you know the people i met like in high school were either married or pregnant or with your second kid. Mm -hmm. But you got to experience something completely different. And I think a lot of the times, like not not saying that's nothing wrong with having a kid at a young age. No, that's oh, a blessing. Yeah. CVN, <laughs> it's great. Rich is like, fuck them kids, bro. <laughs> but, but however, like, and that's... <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm kidding, bro. <laughs> Shout out, kids. Shout out, kids. <laughs> and, and then, so, one thing you got to do was something different. Yeah, mm -hmm. because you could have like your motive could also have been like you know what I want to have a family by the time I'm 24, and then to be able to experience what you're experiencing with a kid, it could be a lot harder. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But 
it is and a lot of the times like say aiming for something similar to what you were aiming for i think we have to realize as latinos that it's okay and i think we're starting to realize that more and more as we grow for sure and we experience more things and and that's cool like you know like the fact that you got to experience that at an early age with money that you saved and and have a point of inflection where you were like inflection that's a word. Because I've been saying <laughs> words that are wrong sometimes. Making like up last stuff time, over here. I know. <laughs> last okay. time I said evading, and I was actually supposed to be invading. And <laughs> I don't know it's all good, man. I We're always just tell you. people if I'm like doing saying something wrong, it's like, dude, English is my second language. Why? Oh, well, and they're you. like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, bro, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's that's good too. <laughs> that's good to hear how you got to, you know, like got to have that in your mind. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure at that moment, if you didn't exp- like experience that then maybe another trip in the future, but you got to experience it, like, even before you were 21, like, a yeah. punto de ser, oh yeah, mm-hmm. right when you were going to adulthood. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think you know, it was a lot of influence from my cousin Carla again. I remember she pulled me to the side, I think I was, like, 15. Carla, man. <laughs> she, she's the one that messed me up, honestly. Yeah, she's the one corrupted, she, like, corrupted Vicky. She, like, brought me to the side one day. I was, like, 15, and she's, like... ¿Cómo que no has salido fuera de Mesquite? Yo, well, I've been to Mexico, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. San Antonio, SeaWorld. And then she's like, when I was 14, 15, she's like, yo ya me había ido a Cancún con mis amigos. Mm-hmm. I took my dad's credit card. I was like, yo. Are you Damn, Carla. Well, Sheesh. even if I took my dad's credit card, I don't think it would have taken me very far. <laughs> so that was one problem to be Una torta, un taco. Y yeah. Salir de nunca regresar. No, I could not. I could probably get, even get on the Greyhound, to be honest. <laughs> no, tampoco. I don't, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, no, but real talk, like, it was like, she was like, you need to go out and just mm-hmm. travel. Explore. You know, explore. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, mm, okay, so New York. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like, I was 18 and I bought that ticket. Yeah. I actually tweeted, it was like freshman year of college. I, cause I think at this point, Damn. Drake. OG twi- Twitter. Yeah, OG. This is why I, I don't know. Yeah, I tried to look for this tweet. I couldn't find it. But like Drake, I think I had read that he um, had posted a picture of the exact house he wanted mm-hmm. as a screensaver on his, on his laptop. Mm-hmm. And like, he got that house in Toronto, okay. right? Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm about visuals. So Manifested I something. Posted New York mm-hmm. City as my background in my laptop, and uh, I live in New York City now. Wow. And that's I tweeted, a, I awesome. tweeted, I said, mark my words, I'm going to live in New York City one day. And I'm tweeting this as well. And that's your home base currently. That's my home base. Wow. Before we visualization, get, the power of visualization. Yeah. Right. Now, before we go into, you know, another topic, let's some, this is something right here. What is something you feel like you can visualize yourself at the moment? That, you know what? Ooh. I want this to happen in a couple of years. It can be five, ten, but something like, okay, this is my screenshot. This, this is what I want to do. Oh, wow. Um, I just said there's a couple of, like, dates ago, actually with Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, if I continue what I'm doing with my new projects, mm-hmm. um, I think maybe I could be in Croatia on a boat, maybe have a party, an event with the yacht, and have Diplo play. Like, I, I think that would be kind of cool. Oh, that's uh, fire. I see it. That I is see fire. It. Okay. 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 Croatia. Shout out to that. I'm sending all my positive vibes <laughs> so that that can happen, dude. <laughs> Oh, amen. That's pretty cool. That's that, that's a great visualization, and um, you you're one of the uh, 
first people that I hear that 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 does this like visual visualization exercise and has made it come to fruition. I've been at other events and other family get togethers and people make vision boards and stuff, but it's just something that people do and then just kind of put aside and then life gets in the way. Yeah. But um yeah. I'm great I'm I'm happy to hear that you're pursuing these things that you're passionate about mm -hmm. with a lot of energy and a lot of a lot of uh just a, just a lot of pride and and you're making things happen. Yeah, trying. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. Nah, so um on the subject of travel, you know, like my my family was kind of similar to yours in the sense that um my dad and my mom would work you know, and they would give us what they could, so we would always travel to Mexico as well. Mm -hmm. um, but what kind of changed the 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 trend for us was my sister. My sister, uh, when she turned 15, she didn't want to do a quinceañera, which was a shock to my traditional parents. Like, what? What do you mean? Ay, Alejandra. Alejandra. The only girl? <laughs> the only girl. Wow. Because she's the only girl, and no quinceañera? What, what the Ni hell? Ni un vestido? My mom made her get the vestido to take the pictures because <laughs> we needed to take the pictures. I'm like, what Mexican <laughs> isn't going to have that traditional quinceanera photo nah, coming into the house? She did the pictures. It was so hilarious because I remember the pictures because she used to be in marching band. So, like, she was in the sun all day. So, like, of course, she had, like, the craziest tan. She was looking like a Jersey Shore color. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Snooky. <laughs> but, I mean, Snooky she looked Alejandra. beautiful in her dress and stuff. <laughs> but, uh, no, her, she always wanted to go to Paris too like and and my parents were like all right that's what you want that's what we're gonna give you because my parents are fucking awesome mm -hmm. so like that's that was our first trip as a family abroad across wow. the pond okay. that's amazing and yeah so she was 15 at that time i was like 20 um so yeah we went to paris we went to madrid um and italy and rome like those wow. 15 yeah. it was like 14 days bus and like everywhere it's kind of like one of those organized tours which have their pros and cons. Pros in the sense that if it's, if it's your first time going, mm -hmm. I mean, they have it all figured out. But cons because it's so constrained and you're kind of limited. Mm -hmm. You don't have that same freedom. Yeah. But now we'll get into some of the things that you've been up to, Vicky. So, like, let's let's talk about the career path that you've taken. What, what have been some of the different phases after after college and after having this travel I've bug? been a mess. I've been a lover. <laughs> um, a, yeah. a mess in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess like in between college, I was also hustling, you know, selling books. So mm -hmm. shout out to my book people out hey, there. The book people. The, We're the big, infamous, you know? the infamous book Everybody people. knows a book person. <laughs> so <laughs> selling books, like how? Like, in one like way, okay. So. All right. So have you ever had like anyone come to your door, knock in the summer, like during the summer? Because, mm -hmm. you know, I know you have all kinds of people come knock at your door. But in the summer, <laughs> the these like college looking kids show mm -hmm. up to a stranger's house and they're like, yo, we got some books for you for okay. like educational purposes. Do you want to study and get better grades? Do you want to help your child learn to read better or mm -hmm. like, or learn to read before they go to kindergarten? Mm -hmm. um, so like really just like a diverse selection by between ages, like babies to okay. high school prepping for college mm -hmm. material. But this was kind of like a really intense job. Like, I mean, I woke up at like 6.59 uh -huh. because one minute earlier, I think by the end of the summer, I added like a day to my schedule. So. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. In intense. 6.59, wake up, take a 15-minute cold shower because cold showers are good for you. They wake you up. Wake you up. You set you in a good I mood. Agree. I agree. Breakfast, set my to-do list, and then I literally worked and knocked door-to-door -door from like 
7.30 a.m. to like 9 p.m. And was it commission? It was only commission. A la pinche madre. God damn. <laughs> I made money. I'm just like, I was really bad at really financing like, mm-hmm. what to do with it. So. No, one thing I'll say about that that uh, book program is I've, I've met several people from it. And the three that come to mind is, is Vicky, mm-hmm. uh, Donnie, mm-hmm. and Uzi. Mm-hmm. And if you think about these people, mm-hmm. they're super social. They don't really care. Like, they'll just do something like kind of bold and and out there and uh i think that experience kind of helped them in all honesty in, in a way to get to that point exactly because you can be afraid of rejection in exactly this job. yep yep i agree like say if, um when it comes to, to like stuff like that i i won't i am more of a you know what fine you know as long as i have the base pay but i can i it i'm not a salesperson i can put something together and make it look you know good or give you a report and, and analysis or whatever, but having a sales thing is just something that you literally got to have it in you. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would say, and I would kind of argue that mm-hmm. in the sense that I do feel like it doesn't come innate to everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say for me, it's a lot easier to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I think I just was like born with this like social, like it's like in the sixth sense mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. But it's not like, I think like there's some people that would work and I'm like, you don't even talk. Like your computer science, like and and like literally stay to yourself. Like, how are you killing it out there? Yeah, yeah. you know. And I mean, but but the job in general, like that, like just took a lot of discipline and you know door to door, and that kind of sparked my sales, you know, interest. Mm-hmm. So graduating, um, you know, I was kind of like, what do I do? I really wanted to stay in Austin, mm-hmm. um, but my best friend Ray, who's impacted my life, huge. Um, he was like, yo, come work with me. He knew I sold books. Mm-hmm. Bro, you're a good salesperson. Come work with me at mm-hmm. American Income. Like, come sell insurance with me. And I was like, oh, kind of like don't want to do that for a career. But you know what? Let me figure out what I want with my life. In the meantime, mm-hmm. make this cash. Well, he ended up being pretty good at it. And then I was building this office with him. And I was like, wow, like making a lot of money mm-hmm. in Dallas, Texas, you yeah. know? So I felt like 23-year-old, 24-year-old making about, right under 100k amazing you know i was like life is great parents are proud i live downtown yeah Yeah. but i literally worked all the time i worked my schedule was literally monday through saturday 8 8 9 a.m to about like 10 p.m 12 a.m sometimes Mm -hmm. and draining so draining i felt like i couldn't travel you know and that's when it kind of started to hit me i was like sacrifice that you were wow, making. Wow, I was like, I'm not, I, I don't. I have this money, but I don't get to spend it on what I really want to mm-hmm. spend it on, right? And I think it kind of really hit me one day when, and, and, and a lot of the time, the reason is like, you don't have to have that intense hours. Mm-hmm. Like, there was people who worked only evenings. There was people who only worked like certain days. Mm-hmm. But I'm also that kind of person that gives it all, you know? So like, Once you're in? Once you're I'm in, in I want to, I want to like be top. I want to grow this office. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be, you know, manager, mm-hmm. open another one. So that was my vision, right? Mm-hmm. And I won this award. We had, like, this award. Like, the winner won, like, a um, New Orleans trip for two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to win that shit. I'm going to win it. And I won. I won it. And I was like, I'm going to New Orleans, like, Mardi Gras. Like, this is going to be cool. And then I was like, okay, so can I take the time off for this trip? I'm excited. Yeah. When am I going to take it? And my boss kind of was 
never giving it to me. Like, it was like, oh, you can't during this time because you have these two people that you got to train. You can't during this time because it's, you know, end of the quarter. We got to get these numbers. Bad That's boss. So a boss that you holds go, you go, back. Yeah, you go from, from, you know, you winning something for their, you know, company to like, yes, you won this thing, but you can't do it because you have all this stuff. Like, no, motherfucker. Like, I helped you you're get right. your, your, like, you're winning. Now you got to let me enjoy what I want, what I want. And, and you know what? It's not necessarily like I got his concept in the sense that mm-hmm. like, you know what, Victoria, work, work, work. And then like at age 30 or age 40, like you can live more luxuriously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it makes sense. Right. Like, I mean, I look at my best friend, right? He, he's still doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's made it like mm-hmm. financially super well off, invested his money, has properties and mm-hmm. now takes a bunch of time off. Mm-hmm. So, okay. That could have been my life. But one thing I've learned, too, is life is too precious and short. Yes. What if, God forbid, right, like, I didn't make it to 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I spent my entire 20s, like, working so hard mm-hmm. to something I never even reached, you know? No, yeah, you don't take anything. Yeah, so yeah. I, it, it mm-hmm. kind of dawned on me. Yeah. And I started reading the book, You Are a Badass. Because then at that point, I was 25. I remember I was going through really rough like downtime in my life because I was like I'm not happy doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. I don't know what to do at this point I don't feel like I've gained a skill like am I kind of a fuck up like my mm-hmm. parents pressure is still there my sisters are going to college it was just like a lot and I do remember just being really down on my life and myself and um, I was reading that book and there was this one chapter chapter two and it was like you can continue to do the same things over and over again mm-hmm. and you're gonna continue to get the same results Mm-hmm. You can spice things up, make a change in your life, and do something different. And was that, uh, like, say that pressure you felt, was it something that you felt for your own, or was it something that you felt from someone else? I think someone it was more like, you know, I've, I, I think kind of goes back to what we said earlier, like this touch of, like, I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. I got a full-ride scholarship to UT. I was able to, like, leave my house at 18. Like, these expectations for me to be this successful mm. business or... The expectations are huge. Yeah, it's and just like... It, 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 it kind of, like, you can feel the weight of them right. a little bit. And we love our parents so much. I mean, like, right. we go back to talk mm-hmm. about, like, them crossing over and not knowing the language and still being able to, like, give you a house give you a, like nothing to worry about you always had food on your table right. and like it's like dang this is worth like, the, la- the last thing you want to do is to let disappoint. them down. Yeah. yeah exactly right. so it was like a really hard time and i mean but after i was reading that book you know mm-hmm. i pulled out my laptop and i was like i'm applying to be a flight attendant hell yeah i will i was like you know what it, i don't know if this is gonna work out it may just be temporary yeah and i actually applied for two companies you know it's mm-hmm. funny I, I applied for spirit <laughs> Hey, sometimes you gotta shoot. You, hey, gotta shoot you know shots. what? You gotta the I mean, you start somewhere. <laughs> but and, and I applied because one of my sorority sisters was a full time teacher during the year, and she was a flight attendant in the summer. summer. Okay. Oh wow. So I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. they have flexibility like that. So I knew I wanted to start a business. So I was looking for something with flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I was like, oh, this could maybe work. It'll give me that travel bug. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'll be able to like move forward to the next part of my life great that's awesome so you are a badass influential book um tension growing in that in in that previous career um workplace that you had so you apply to be a flight attendant so where do you land uh i got both of the companies i um 
I got uh, I applied at. I won't say who I'm hiring and work for just because like to keep it yeah, clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> but I do work for one of the major airlines that okay. you know the U.S. and um, I landed both jobs. I was actually in the middle of training with Spirit mm-hmm. when I got the offer for the face to face with my company now. Okay, and I was like, you know what? I could either like I could either finish training and be a flight attendant for sure because I'm hired, mm-hmm. right? I'm training right now. Or I can go to this face-to-face interview, risk not getting the job, mm-hmm. and now I'm not a flight attendant. And I was like, but the company is so much better. Let's roll the dice. Right. Let's do and it. And I was like, uh, <laughs> if there's anything I am, I'm a risk taker. Hey. Mm. Let's go. So I did it, and when I got the job, I cried because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to do this. That's so, awesome. Um, during the during, during the, uh, the flight attendant, becoming a flight attendant process, yeah. um, you went to training. Was it how, how long was the training? Or something that, like, say, it you buy, you go in there, and then the next day you go on a flight and you train, you watch people. Because, like, similar to, like, I don't know, a, a waiter job where you, yeah, yeah. So, you shadow someone. Yeah, exactly. You um, Well, I was training for Spirit for a month because I was almost graduating by the time I decided mm-hmm. to dip. And then I trained for two months with Delta. And then after that, they just kind of, like, you have one OE, which is, like, a basically just – shadowing a, a flight attendant, looking at how they do it, and then you're off to your first day. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. So talk to me about um, once you became a flight attendant, it opened those doors for travel to you. What were those uh, – what was that like? What were your experiences like as a flight attendant during those early early experiences? Yeah, so when I became a flight attendant, first of all, we don't make a lot of money starting mm-hmm. off. So okay. I was like – Literally living on my cousin's couch, Carla. Once again, there she is. Man, Carla <laughs> is really coming through, man. Three Yo, times. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I owe a lot, a lot to the person I am and my lifestyle to her. Hey, you know? sh- shout out, Carla. Um, Salute to you. Yeah, she's actually in Mexico right now, being traveling again. Uh, esa Carla. Esa Carla. Can't stop her. Just like you can't stop me. So. Um, yeah. So I was living on my cousin's couch mm. because I was like. Why am I going to get a hotel or a house? I literally live out of my suitcase right now. Because mm-hmm. when you start, mm-hmm. they got you rolling. Mm-hmm. You're working flights like three days. You're traveling. You're back for a night. But then you work again in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's I like, literally spent like maybe two to three days in New York. It's like that scene from Fight Club where he keeps taking those flights. And he doesn't know what time of day it is and what's happening, what day it is on the calendar. <laughs> oh, he's going to be make sure you're in this place at this time. It'd be like that. It'd really be like that. So, like, people, <laughs> open, when the gate agent opens the door sometimes and they're like, where is this plane coming from? I'm like, uh, and then everyone behind me, Kentucky. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's Louisville. I don't know. That's not memorable, you know? It's like random cities, and I'm just like, I don't know. Hey, he's like, you're like, I don't care where you came from. I don't care where we're going. Yeah, exactly, right? Or, like, I've had the time where, like, I'm always at the hotel, so, like, I'm like, oh, my, I forgot my room number. Shit, what floor am I on? So, like, I'll go to the floor I'm on, and I'm like, with my key, I'm like, no. You're trying out all the <laughs> fucking doors. You're like, oh yeah. man. Yeah, no, I mean it's a crazy lifestyle. It, it is. is. I will say it's not. It's not normal for sure. Um, but when I first started, I was just really anxious to get back, like to that mm-hmm. travel. Mm. You know, like, and for some reason, it's funny because like even before then, I was still like I'm a slinging insurance for four years, and then people were still asking me like, "Do you have any recommendations in LA? Do you have any recommendations here?" And I was like. Oh, I don't. I haven't traveled in a while, you know. Mm-hmm. But people still saw me as that, like Vicky, the travel guru. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I gotta get back 
out and discover new places. Mm-hmm. So I made it a point to set my schedule since I didn't really have an apartment in New York. Mm-hmm. I would like work three weeks, take four to ten days off every month, and then I would just go to a new country. Okay, Dang. just explore it. Yeah. In, in the new country, um, the traveling, the the travel part, getting there, was it something that uh, the the airline you work for was paid for, or something that you yeah, paid so your as own? A, as a flight attendant, we get to fly how they call it, like non-revving. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you put yourself on the list um, to go to a destination, and if there's open seats, then they go in order for like whoever's listed, oh, nice. seniority. Um, so yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah, like I don't have to pay. The only thing we do pay internationally are like taxes. Taxes. Okay. But I mean, these flights are like sometimes too grand. It's a steal. It's a steal. Yeah. And if I want to go and have lunch in barcelona tomorrow and be mm-hmm. back by like saturday evening i i totally can <laughs> damn that's so it's, it's a dope. little cheating in this lavish life but i'll take it <laughs> hey but you know what there's a paved uh wave uh paved uh trail you you know you had to walk through in order for you to get there so yeah yeah and, yep and and like i said like i traveled every month new country and i started creating my instagram mm-hmm. around that okay. which is like Vix Adventure was already my brand name before I became a flight attendant. And then it just made more sense as I was a flight attendant. Yeah. You know, and I would blog about it. I would post these stories. And, yeah. You know, like, I, it was just amazing to be able to experience these things, meet new people while I'm traveling, and continue that relationship. I mean, yeah, it was a great time. What was the first place you went to travel to as, you know, you finally decided, okay, I'm going to work this amount of times a, a month and then take this amount of time off. What was the first place that you, you know, you got to hit up and like, all right, let's go here. Colombia. Okay. Ooh, venga, Colombia. Hey, we, have some, we have some Colombian listeners out there, man, and I'm, I'm sure they're really, they're really, they're really happy to hear paisa. that. Exactamente. They're really happy to hear that. So, that's awesome that you went to Colombia. Um, and if you could talk to us a little bit about some of the more memorable places that you went to that kind of really impacted you. Yeah, well, Colombia was amazing because it kind of like reinstated that like travel bug in me, right? I was mm-hmm. like, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing, traveling. Um, and another memorable place that I feel like really impacted me was Peru. Okay. And it's actually funny when I was in Colombia, I met this really cool chick at this random cigar bar. And she was like, I'm from L.A. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm from Texas. Are you Mexican? She's like, yeah. I was like, we clicked right away. And uh, till now, we've traveled to four countries together. Wow. Nice. Yeah. That's the thing. When when you're out and about and and doing your own thing, the people that you meet, um, when you put yourself out there. Right. you're You're kind of vulnerable. You're like trying to just make the best out of the day. They can have such an impact on your life. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like. It's crazy, like, when you meet people when you're traveling, it's, like, a different type of, like, connection. Mm-hmm. Right. And they become almost, like, instant family. Right. You know? And, and, and really, w- this is just a theory. This is what I think it is. In our cities where we work, mm-hmm. we're so bogged down by the stresses of life, by the bills, by the deadlines, by this. But when we travel, we, those things are a weight off of our shoulders. So mm-hmm. you're, like, complete, you're, your soul is, like, completely open to... To have these bonds, mm-hmm. to have these connections. Yeah. So you're so like, I can think of so many people that I've met traveling that I still talk to to this day. Yeah. And um, 
have made plans with and have made meetups when it's been possible. So that's cool to hear that. I think like, like say for me, when it comes to traveling, I'm, I'm more of a, I can only go for a certain amount of days because I'm always like by the third day, I'm like, hey, wait, I got to get back in the, in the hustle thing. mode. We went to, uh, we went to Hawaii in early yeah. this year. And that's where the reason why I got the shirt is because we were going to go there. We were going to have a luau. He's like, I know Victoria dinner. was going to come on podcast. We had to make it live. Yeah. And then, um, but because it was so calm and so relaxed, which is cool, but it's kind of like like a, a place where people go relaxing things. But I'm more like, I want to go travel, but donde I got trancazos, donde I got this papaya, donde I got, you go up and down. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, uh, we, we were at Hilo and, and in a big island. Man, it just felt like, so calm, but it was like not my thing. <laughs> but we went yeah, to Maui. Hey, yeah, yeah, Chilango, but, yeah. We went to Maui. Y it was it was like más ciudad, más más gente, más ambiente. You like the business. I like the business, and it's like I think I noticed that for myself. Is you know, if I ever travel, you know, if I travel, it has to be where donde hay más gente, donde hay. Dude, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting you say that because I think what what the places people like to travel and recommend really tells you a lot about who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because recently, um, I, I, I went to Chicago, and my Uber driver, he was this guy from, I believe, Turkey. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him about, about some of the places I've been, and he was telling me where he's from. And I was like, dude, one of my favorite places. You didn't take the metro? Nah. It's fancy. No, it's because... No, no, it's because I, I was traveling on my wife's dime. She she had she expensed it to her company or something. Like, All right, fuck it, I'll do it. Uh, Give me that $100 Uber ride. Hey, Actually, I'll take the Uber helicopter. Yeah, yeah, give me the luxury. <laughs> give me the luxury. Let's so see. now this guy picks me up super quick, and, he's, and we're, we're vibing, mm-hmm. talking about countries we've been to. And I've been like, one of the best places I've ever been to is Morocco. I love Morocco. I love the mm-hmm. food. The culture was so different. The things that you saw in the plaza, like the amount of different animals and ways of moving and, and foods, it was incredible. And he's like, if you like that, you should go to Dubai. Dubai is amazing. You see so many Lamborghinis. It's crazy. You see people with lions. I'm like, huh? That's that's not really what I was going for. <laughs> but, he's like, but, bro, you want to spend money? Let's go that, over that here. tells me about you. Like that tells me that. Yeah. And after I get into know him, he's like, he likes the luxury. He 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 was telling me about his taxi business mm-hmm. and how like he he has like many cars and. Uh, Yo, uh, my neighbor is a taxi right. driver, and they have this garage. It's so secret. And one time I was walking by, two Lambos. Yes. Right so. Yo, what? You don't need my tip, bro. <laughs> Dude, no inflation. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, so what I learned from the taxi guy, and I don't want to generalize, but mm-hmm. he's into he's into that luxury stuff because he was talking about nice cars, going mm-hmm. to Dubai, and he was telling me about like all the badass places he's been to, but mm-hmm. on the luxurious level. So I'm yeah. like, hey man, we're talking about the same thing, but the different thing at the <laughs> same time. Speaking yeah. of nice things in life, man, what do you think about the Hop Squad's new uh, mango seltzer? Oh my it's gosh, actually really good. It's delicious. So this is. Mango's best friend, Mango Seltzer, uh, 5.2% alcohol. How much sugar? <laughs> <laughs> Me vale. <laughs> no, that's a good question, man. Diabetes runs in my family. But, I mean, we're going to let it slide <laughs> because it's so delicious. And uh, salute to Hop Squad. Local, they're, they're our friends. A local brewery. Nice. Nah, but, yeah, definitely um, got to support our local breweries, man. More, yeah. What better than Hop Squad right down the street. Mm-hmm. But, uh, nah, dude, what were we talking about? 
<laughs> we're talking about you, Dubai, going there, and then you lamming off your wife's uh, company. <laughs> basically, you're saying you're a stay-at-home dad, and uh, like, you know, well, no, maybe not just dad, yeah, but you know, that is my dream. Chicken like, dad to be just at home. We're we just ca- talking about like how it should be gender neutral, like very much like even out. Okay, okay, <laughs> I see where you're going with all this. No, I know. Nah, it's a, it's a joke. He's gonna play it, this for his wife tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a joke that I have with my wife. I'm like, man, because she's super ambitious. She's always yeah. like, trying to like go above and beyond what she's doing so i'm like i'm cool being sugar you know you being my sugar mama i'll be i'll be keeping the house clean making you lunches you know you know it's funny you say that because like sometimes like we we as we go busy with our days and we're always like Mm -hmm. as somebody i I don't have time to cook i try you know i try it would be so nice to come home to a clean apartment my clean room and Mm -hmm. like a nice cooked dinner okay let's 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 sell it maybe 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 yeah Sounds like I'll you're looking for like a, like a chef, some somebody with some culinary and domestic skills. Any viewers out there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, but I got to live up to expectations. Though. I know, right? Thing. Yeah, I'm not home every six days out yeah, of the week. You, you, you so got to be cool with the lifestyle. <laughs> so, yeah, talk to us about that lifestyle. I know as a, as a mm-hmm. flight attendant, you could probably see like a lot of crazy shit. Uh, you probably see a lot of things that... That maybe we as like just day to you know regular travelers like don't get to see you know talk to us about some of those the do's and don'ts uh, some of the hacks some of the things that maybe we could be a little bit better about as passengers exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow I could sit here for like hours yeah that's another uh, episode I'm actually stay here for part two um, part two <laughs> no but yeah I guess as a lifestyle I think flight attendants you know people forget we're human mm-hmm. you know. And that we're 30,000 feet in the air, limited literally on everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and during COVID, it's funny, like I was traveling so much and mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, whatever. And COVID hits. So you, everybody took like five steps back. Mm-hmm. And was like, wow, we have to be more respectful, respectful, conscious and less caring. I mean, I had two passengers for flight, so it was really easy. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But no, in reality, like once people started flying a little bit more, you got a lot of thank yous. People Mm -hmm. were very nice and you do get passengers that are amazing. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite things that I love about my job is that I do get to meet people from all over the world, you know, and, and being able to pour a diet Coke guys, believe this or not, it takes like, 20 minutes to fill up so mm-hmm. don't order a diet coke or oh, coke zero <laughs> oh really that, they um, have more fizz it's I, such a long it because we're in such high altitude it takes forever so like while i'm sitting there pouring, i was like so what's taking you to st thomas you know <laughs> it's like the hardest part of our job is pouring a diet coke mm-hmm. and coke zero to be honest that's um, crazy i had no idea <laughs> but it's cool like some you know and, and, and it's hard especially if you're working main cabin to get in touch with yeah. everybody Right. Um, but when I'm working first class and I'm sitting with these like cool passengers, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had celebrities and it's nice to kind of talk to them. And like, what mm-hmm. do you do? Especially me, who's like an entrepreneur and wants to excel. I find this as a time to like dive in and, you know, ask questions and mm-hmm. reconnect. Um, but yeah, as you're boarding the flight, like it's it, I do like always tell people, be mindful. We've. You could be boarding a flight with a passenger, I mean, with the flight attendant who's been on her fourth flight that day, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, and who hasn't seen maybe her kids in like three days or, you know, woke up at three in the morning. Like we're going waking up when you're going to bed. Right. And it's that like whole mentality that flight attendants are like supposed to be this cute girl or boy on the you know card and 
at your service. You know, <laughs> right. we're actually there for your protection. Like if this right. plane is coming down, I'm evacuating the shit in 60 seconds. So you got to come with me. Be ready, my I will leave you. I'm just, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I won't leave you. <laughs> um, but, but I think that, that the passengers do easily forget that, mm-hmm. like, please and thank you go a very far way, you know. Um, you know, ringing the call light is really, like, useful. Mm-hmm. Don't tap us if you see us passing by and you need yeah, it. Yeah, the tapping. You know? I hate. Yeah, it's just I like, hate that. Or like, tapping, even, snapping, any of oh, that shit. Excuse me. No, oh, no, 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 that's that. like None of that. I hate people like snapping fingers at anyone. Like, yeah, it's so just, disrespectful. It's so but you know, I've also learned. You know, a lot of times people, and this has come with the travel too, mm-hmm. right? right? People don't mean it in a bad way. There's just it has to do with cultural differences. True, right. and cultural that's something that I try to remind myself when I'm warning certain flights in certain cultures, certain countries, where they're not, you know, on the same. Well, even, even even like say for example in Spain, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts in Mexico and how they say like say when a guy from Spain comes to Mexico and usually when you go to La Condesa, the comedians or the person I I listen to they're a lot more respectful to the person that's working because they also work in the service industry, mm-hmm. serving the community by you know making them laugh. But you, they say like sometimes we bring someone from Spain and they're like, hey, tráeme la comida. Y, y, and they're like, hey, you have to be nicer. No, it's trabajo. Que me traiga la comida porque jaripolla, me voy a morir de hambre. And then it's like one of those things that, like, say, it's, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a true thing. And then, and then he realized, like, yeah, but that's good. But, you know, you also have to understand that, you know, it's the service that, you know, it is not up to them when that food comes out. It's yeah. up to when, you know, it comes ready after a sequence of orders that are being, you know, brought in. And... And that makes sense because a lot of the times we forget, you know. Yeah. We we think, like, say, when it's in the service industry, we think of, like, you know, you have to re- be respectful to the service person. But also some people just, they don't know. Right. Or they weren't raised in that certain mindset. Like, I think it's funny because, like, every time people work on Mexico flight, and this isn't to toot our own horn, pero los mexicanos, I mean, growing up, if I didn't say mande, sí. gracias, por favor, Era como que, you know, like, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Like, that's bad. Fucking mm-hmm. up. So, like, it's so easy for when you work a flight in Mexico, even if they're, like, fresitas. Like, disculpa, um, ¿tiene una, una de las aguas con barbujas, por favor? It's always por favor, though. That's, you know? that, that's why we are otra por favor. Because, right? you know, we're respectful. Yeah. We want to hear more pero of that. Pero pásame otra, pero, pero por pásame favor. Otra, pero, por favor. <laughs> pero por favor. Exactly, exactly. My point proven. So, yeah, it just it's very, like, culturally different. And you, as a flight attendant, you do have to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. And as a passenger, you, like, it is, you know, as you keep in mind that it, this yeah. could be a very long day for a flight attendant. For sure. And after pretty much all the episodes that we've done, Richie likes to sign off with a Porta Sevillan. Yes. This is what he's talking about right here. You got to respect you yeah. gotta respect people in the service industry, people that are working for you, to, for your safety. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we could all improve on, I think, in one way or another. Right. This is one thing that I see a lot in travel. Um, people are complaining and just being whiny and just right. being so disrespectful. Like, first world problems. Like, oh, my shit's it's delayed. How could this happen? They're mad. I've been waiting for 20 minutes. How dare you? And I'm like, dude, you're about to get on this, like, piece of metal in the fucking sky that is a... It's kind of phenomenal that we could do that. It's an engineering 
uh, miracle that it, like it's in the air. You're going somewhere. Yeah. Like the world is connected. What a fucking privilege to live in the time we're living in. You, we, and yeah. you're, you're, you're complaining a, about a flight that got pushed one hour. So I have a funny, I have, I have I have a funny story. Uh, in 2017, uh, I was going to Vegas, and uh, I was my my um, concuño tree. Mm. Um, we were in the plane. He's like, hey, you know, let me know when you're you know you're boarding. And like, cool. And I told him, like, hey, the flight is late for an hour and 30 minutes. Like, eh, no worries. And I'm like, well, time to drink. Yeah, <laughs> I, why I need not? to come ready. Man- mandatory so. airport beer, $16. Exactly. Tea. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, everybody. So we were waiting there. And then, but I was I was in a group of people. And they were all, uh, like, in a pool team, like, you know. And they were all, hey, you want a shot? And I'm like, I'll take a shot. And I brought them around. And. Everyone was not mad because everybody was pretty tipsy by the time. Like, they said, hey, sorry about, you know, like, the delay. You know, we're going to try to get you guys a new airplane. Um, so that happened. We finally get an airplane, like, an hour and 30 minutes later. I'm I'm cool. I'm like, I'm not in a rush. I'm going to Vegas, whatever. Everything closes late. Anyways. And then the the it was cool because the, the flight attendant, she sees us walking in. And she's all saying hi to everybody. Like, man, you guys are having a great time. <laughs> and then. Uh, we always know Vegas is trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and, and oh, I, we love it. So, so that happened. And then whenever they were doing the instructions before the, you know, the pre-flight instructions, she was like, all right, guys, I just need your minute, your attention for two minutes. And then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> as long as it's legal. And everybody was like, yeah, okay. And everybody actually paid attention like this, like, okay. Like when she's talking about like the like the you know the like the oxygen, oxygen mask, mask and <laughs> talking about the life vest, and we're like, okay, okay. No. Right. Okay, now I'm done. And everybody's like, yeah, and everybody started clapping. And for me it was like a pretty cool moment. Like it, it is a cool flight. Like Vegas is a you have a cool crowd. Yeah, for sure. Because everyone's looking forward to just being blasted the entire weekend. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like you're not gonna be mad about it. Now, had you been going to West Palm Beach? All the flight attendants, if you're listening to this, everybody knows what I'm talking about. It would have not been that. Yeah. <laughs> what what, 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 what did we get out of a West Palm Beach flight? Excuse me. Uh, wait, you're delaying my flight? Yeah, there's weather coming. Uh, well, can you do something about that? Can you fix <laughs> that? Can you mix the, can you, like, like, can you Photoshop you the clouds? Zeus, tell him to slow the tides so that the weather <laughs> cooperates and no tornado is coming, please. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Gotta love your, but we know your routes. Like we know our routes. You, you know okay. what I mean? It, it's a cliche. It's a yeah, stereotype. True, true. You gotta love Karens. You gotta love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> I'll, I'll say. I'll say it for you to say, make you say face. Karens, yeah. come at me. We could talk about it. Um, no, that's awesome. Like different expectations, different flights, different experiences. Um, so. You start traveling, you start really kind of documenting a lot of this stuff in your socials. Um, you have a blog, right, where you kind of talk about the different places that you visited, yeah. tips and tricks or whatever. Um, so it seems like you really want to share that travel bug with others, especially, yeah. you know, coming as first-gen Latinos, you know, and, you know, maybe immigrants to this country. Mm-hmm. Travel is a luxury that maybe we didn't have growing up. We kind of all spoke on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, why... Why is it important for people to travel, especially Latinos, to see new places? I think it's, like, just kind of part of, like, identifying yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like, being proud of your culture. And, I don't know, I'm really big on, like, especially showing, like, my cousins, like, this is what you can do. Kind of mm-hmm. almost like what Carla did for me to others. Nice. Right? Um, I don't think, you know, some people don't like to travel. And mm-hmm. that's totally fine. Like, everyone has their hobbies. Everyone has their things to do. Mm-hmm. 
But I do believe that traveling is one, if not the best teacher in the world, mm -hmm. because you learn so much from seeing people that are so different. You learn so much from different cultures, mannerisms, just how to identify and communicate with each other. And so like Latinos, especially like this first generation, because there are Latinos that travel. There is definitely that looks really high end in mm -hmm. Mexico that right, gets to travel the right. world. But there's something about, remember that phrase, and you guys have probably talked about this before, in the movie Selena. O sea, as a Mexican, tienes que saber quién es Pancho Villa, tienes que saber quién es Fox, tienes que saber todo lo que está pasando en México. Okay. But you're also American, so you have to know who Martin Luther King is, you have yeah. to know who Abraham Lincoln. And when you go to your family in Mexico, right, it's like, oh, well, you're American, mm -hmm. right? And as many times as I tell people I'm Mexican when I'm traveling, and they're like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, my dad's in Zacatecas, and mom's from Querétaro. So where were you born? And I was like, mm -hmm. Dallas. And they're like, oh, so you're American. I'm like, well, I mean. Sí, pero yeah. no, wey. And then the same thing with Americans, right? You're not yeah. really American because we look different and because we have this language mm -hmm. as a second language, whatever the case. So it's kind of like we have our own little group of people that we kind of have to look out for, you know, like our own little, like, brand. And I want people to know that this is so doable. And even if it's your one vacation a month, I mean, a, a year, that make it worth it, you know? Save the trouble. Figure out, like, what's the best destination for you, for you. Like you said, like, everyone kind of has their own way of, like, you want to be in a busy city. Maybe you want to be on the beach and relax more. And, like, I kind of wanted to be that person that, like, save the time and give you that like hope that it would work since you touched on on latinos and traveling i i did want to ask how has your your latinidad how has it helped you when you travel or also how has it made things maybe difficult or, or a little bit challenging when you traveled um definitely learning spanish <laughs> Yeah. I think it's like Spanish, don't quote me on this, I'm just speaking out of like what people have told me, I don't think <laughs> I've actually looked this up, but I think Spanish is the second most spoken language in the world, um, the first is Mandarin, mm -hmm. and then I believe it's Spanish, so traveling, even like people who, when they went to Brazil, Portuguese is very similar, very similar, I'm a <laughs> Shout out to, to Marina and all my Brazilian friends out there. Hi, Marina, I love you. <laughs> um, yeah. Also part of the Uzi universe. <laughs> Portugues, pero entiendo un poquito. Um, no, so it's, it, I think the language primarily has been okay. super helpful. Um, and it's kind of cool. Like, you know, growing up, you were like, no hablas tanto español, right? Because mm -hmm. you wanted to fit in or... It was kind of like in. looked down upon. I think it's different now. I think people yeah, are growing up and then you're, you're Spanish You're appreciating is cool. that, the right. Spanish part more. Antes, it was kind of like you don't speak, yeah. right? And so, like, it's cool now to be able to travel and be like, oh, I'll translate. I got this. Mm. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, for sure. And, and creating relationships with people in Spain and Colombia, Panama. And like, I mean, even other, other travelers, mm -hmm. you know? And so, number one, Spanish. I think uh, number two, like being cultured. You know, mm -hmm. like I said earlier, I was like, Mex everyone loves Mexicans. Seriously, like I, everybody loves Mexicans. There's never been a time where like I've gone yeah, somewhere, yeah. said I'm Mexican, and then they're like, oh, you know, you know, but it's always like yeah. La Fiesta. And it's like, tell they're me about this. They're just excited. People yeah. get so excited. They wouldn't buy They wouldn't buy of the, the Mexicans. I love Cancun. Like, I'm like, OK, OK, very interesting. Okay. But OK, I love it, too. You <laughs> so know? There, there's something like, say, uh, I'm. Like, say, you're traveling as a, a person that grew up here in the States. You were born here in the States. Yeah. Yeah. So you you, grew, you were born in the States, but then you come from a Mexican background. Yeah. 
you have two worlds, like two different worlds in under your your under your your I would say in your weaponry or your repertoire with cultures. Um one where you know, like say it's it's you coming in, so whenever you go you can kind of switch up in whatever, you know, scenario they need it. Where they need you need to be someone from the States or someone from, from Mexico. And that's a valuable part that we have as, you know, Latinos or Mexican-Americans or Mexicans that, are, you know, that we're here because we can somehow, um, like, the way we come out to people is just like, wait, so you're Mexican, but then you're, you know, American. How does the that work out? The power of the duality. The power of duality. It, it brings yeah. something different to the table. Yeah, you're it, right. It brings something, a lot of people would be like, oh, because... And, and then people kind of notice, and, and from what it, maybe from what they hear in the news about immigration and everything, they kind of relate to your mechanism, even though you're coming in from the states, yeah. and and they appreciate, they're gonna appreciate your story more than you know if we were just not to, nothing wrong with just being an American, but right. They're going to be like, oh, man, I can relate to this person. And yeah, or it can be me one day or something, right? When you're, like, traveling to people who aspire to come to America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's funny because I remember the first time uh, that subject was kind of brought up. I was in Spain traveling abroad, and I was taking a bus down. Um, I don't remember where I was going. But this girl was like, oh, tu español está muy bien. ¿De dónde vienes? I was like, oh, soy, bueno, soy de América, pero mis papás son mexicanos. Mm-hmm. Pero como así, you know, bueno, mis papás nacieron en México, pero vinieron a Estados Unidos. Mm-hmm. Pero soy Mexican-American. Yo le dije, I'm like, I'm Mexican-American. And he said, mm, no, I think you're just American. And I was oh. like, wait, am I? And I was like, uh, I guess so, technically speaking, right. yeah, well, I am. That's that's a thing. So, like, I know that <clears throat> in many countries, I think France <clears throat> is like this. Mm-hmm. In, Fran- in France, a lot of people have nationalities a lot of people from 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 africa for instance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in france people fully consider themselves french mm. right they're not senegalese french they're just or french. kenyan french mm. they're right. french yep so it's, it's different it's and it's kind of like basis. it, it kind of like got me to think about the fact that like i was like why does in america do we have to point out our differences right right because you like you said you go to france and you could see a black person, a brown person, somebody with blue eyes, gray eyes, yellow eyes, and it doesn't matter. You're French. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no question about it if a black person says I'm French, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, cool. Like, but it here, like, you see, a, if I get asked, oh, what are you? I'm like, oh, I'm American. Mm-hmm. But like, where are you from? That's like literally <laughs> one of the worst questions <laughs> in, the, in world. the world. Like, yeah. people are like, hey, so where are you from? Oh, I'm from Houston, Texas. Okay, but. Where are you really from? Right. Like, like, Raza, I was born in fucking yeah. Linda B. Johnson Hospital, motherfucker. I'm from <laughs> yeah, Asia, like, do you want to see? Actually, my birth certificate <laughs> says I'm white. So I, I could argue this. That I'm probably more whiter than you. <laughs> no, but in, honestly, in, in, like, yeah. why does that have to be a thing here? Right. Yeah. And so now when I travel, I do like prefer to say I'm Mexican, though. I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit more juicy. <laughs> um <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit just cooler in brings, a sense. Brings different vibes. Sabe a mole. Sabe a pozole. Sabe a menudo. Sabe a berrío. Esa güey es exótica. Sabe el pastor, pero del... Um, Torta de milanesa. Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like for some reason, and no offense, like I love the U.S., right? But like if I'm like, I'm American, they're like, oh, 
Oh, so so you're boring and uh, where's right. the culture? Right, <laughs> seasoning burgers. Yeah, cool. The only the only seasoning you get is like barbecue. <laughs> I even like talking about cities. It's like you only really like all really we're known for. It's like Vegas, New York City, L.A., and Miami mm. for like international purposes, right? So it's like. Ugh. But Mexico has all this stuff, you know? It's like, I'm Mexican. <laughs> That's actually one thing I wanted you to touch on. Um, so I have a lot of friends, a lot of Anglo friends that I work <laughs> with. And a lot of them like to travel, but they're always traveling in the States. They're going to Mississippi, Alabama, Atlanta, like anywhere in the States, which is fine. It's mm -hmm. good. That's what they're, they're comfortable in. That's what they like. And every time I mention Mexico, they're like, wow, that sounds amazing. Like, everything you're saying sounds amazing, but... I don't know, like me going down there. So like everyone, certain pe certain people like have this image of what Mexico is mm -hmm. uh, from what they see in the sensationalist media. And of mm -hmm. course, like every country, there are places everyone, that there yeah. are places that are you don't want to be in. Bro, have you gone to the Bronx? The Bronx? Yeah. Have you been to East <laughs> Texas? South Dallas? To any of these sunset towns where like if you're of like not white don't want to be around there tyler texas yeah you know what i'm saying like <laughs> taylor there, tyler one there's places there's places yeah. in, in in the states that you don't want to go in certain areas right 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 so like for them to say i don't know man mexico's kind of dangerous and like i'm kind of scared like for me it's kind of like <sighs> you're being a little ignorant by not yeah. doing your research and like giving giving mexico a shot because when people go there they fall in love with it yeah every time i've never met someone who went to mexico and said i absolutely had a worse time never only of the hangover, la pinche cruda. But oh, I mean, that. you have enough stuff to... You normally kind of like wake up, get a michelada, so it goes away. So I feel yeah. like the cruda comes like <laughs> really when you come back to the States. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn it, I should just go back to I Mexico. This is in Mexico, le sigues, le Exacto. sigues la peda. Like, you, don't, you don't let the, the hangover hit. Like right when the hangover's hitting, you're like... Una okay. michelada, por favor. Jumping back into <laughs> this thing. Como que, con eso se te quita. ¿Sabes qué? Un pinche menudo bien, pinche picoso. What is it called in Spanish? The... Oh my god, it's that stuff that we take the next day for crudo, like to hydrate us. Coca. Oh, no. este, este. Pedialyte. 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 Oh my god, it's funny because I get the Walmart by my house in Dallas. Mm -hmm. The Pedialyte is in the um, international sales aisle. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is actually an American brand, but sure, we'll take it. <laughs> Pedialyte. Pedialyte. <laughs> Damn. No, but you're right. Like, and I think it goes the same for a lot of countries besides Mexico, like a lot of Latin American countries. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. You know, and that's another cool thing about like having had moved to New York City. I grew up in a day. I thought diversity back when I lived in Texas meant black, white, Asian, or Mexican. Right. Right. Because we're all different. Ooh, we're diverse. Then I went to New York City. Right. And I will never forget. I'm walking down the like escalators, you know, to pick up my bag from baggage claims. And I hear two women walking by. Oye, pero que lo que, que lo que, cómo que el tipo se va a parar. Ya sabes por qué. And I'm like, it sounds like I know what they're saying, but I don't <laughs> know if I know what they're saying. <laughs> you know? And it was like an automatic like culture shock because yeah, yeah. it was Spanish, but I didn't understand it, right? right? right. Yeah. And then I was like, what kind of Spanish is this? And then I realized like, I mean, there may not be a huge Mexican like community in New York, but tenemos cool. Colombianos, tenemos, like, Nicaragüeños. Boricuas. Mm. Boricuas, like, Dominicanos, my God. They own New York, really. Yeah. They own New York. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, so, like, say, when totally. it comes to, like, uh, like say, meeting another person that speaks Spanish, but they're from another, like, nationality, 
back in the early 2000s, it was like a thing where for Mexicans, everything was wrong with them. Like there, were, there was this stigma about negativity from anyone that was not Mexican. Mm. Over time, we kind of healed it Trash. as we banded together. Shit. We, we, you know, we, we were realized like, hey, we're in the same situation. There's no need to fight over who's better or worse. Yeah. But now I've, I believe we embrace the culture because every time I, I speak to someone that's Dominicano, Puerto Rican, Colombiano, I tell them, hey, some Mexicano, ah, que pedo, wey, no mames. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah and then, and then, like, say, like, I have a, a, one of my, and, and I started realizing that in, like, early 2000s, 2010, um, I started working with one of my coworkers. She's from Venezuela. But I always call you chamo. She's like, ay, chamo. So then every, every time I see a Venezuela, and the mom was like, Hey, Chama, hey, Chamo. So they know me as a Mexican that calls him Chamo. Yeah. And it, it's it's pretty cool because Love then it. we get to learn about the language. We yeah. get to learn about the culture. And we get to realize how similar we are. How, Very and, much. And how rich, how rich how we are rich in we our are differences in and similarities. Yeah. yeah. And I think that goes back to saying, like, why should we travel as Latinos and in general people? Like, now look at that. You're able to connect with mm-hmm. somebody instantly. Yeah. Right? We're like... Those things you don't learn in book. You don't learn from like you know, watching YouTube's. Mm-hmm. You get that from experience, right, right? right? And being able to connect with people like that is just like an immense skill. Yeah, in my head right now, this whole conversation, I hear that Nina Sky song, Boricua, Morena, Dominicana, Colombiana. That was man. That was back in the day. That was a jam right there. Hey, Daddy Yankee coming out. <laughs> Daddy Yankee's about to do his last world tour. Like. Hey, hey, shit. I gotta, don't I tell it to go. my wife, dude. Like she'll be there, like no matter what. Tickets already sold out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to fight. We're gonna have to fight somebody hey. to be there. <gasps> or or we can reach out to people and be like, hey, you know what? Sabes que? We can do something. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, that's awesome. So Vicky, thank you for sharing all these amazing things, all these amazing tips and like experiences, but Every time I look at your socials, you're in a different part of the world, and it's fucking amazing. But at the same time, I'm like, wow. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing in Austin right now? Like, what brings you to Austin, Texas? Glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am in Austin because I decided to throw an event. So okay. kind of like I decided to brand Vix Adventure. So mm-hmm. Vix Adventure LLC. Mm-hmm. Um and decided to do things with my brand and that one of them is being escape events. Uh so I created escape events during COVID, actually. Funny story. Um okay. so again, remember I said people reach out to me to plan trips. Mm-hmm. During some time when I was starting as a flight attendant, I found myself in Miami quite often. Mm-hmm. So I have one of my friends calls me. He's like, Hey, I'm turning 30. Actually, a year ago from today or like last week, he's like, can you help me plan a weekend in Miami? Mm-hmm. I was like, I got you, bro. I know all the inside. So I planned everything from mm-hmm. brunch to bottle service to booking a really cool yacht party for him. Mm-hmm. So in Miami, FYI, if you ever want to have like a boat party with more than 12 people, you have to get a boat that's like licensed to do some Navy kind of skill, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not allowed to have more than like 12 to 13 people. It's because of their proximity to Cuba, right? Or something Something like that. that. Yeah. Mm. So I had to like do my research. So I was in there like planning this weekend, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I got COVID. And my last day to quarantine was the day of the boat party. And I was like, God dang it. Like it's the last, like it's my summer vacation. Mm -hmm. What a way to go out with the BAM. 
Although FYI kind of worked out because like, did you know that Miami summers suck? I'm just letting you know it's always rainy. I went there in the summer. My sister worked there um, like a couple of years ago, and I thought it was gonna be this amazing thing, and it was. It was, but it was very, very cloudy, very much raining, very much cloudy. Yeah, yeah. it was didn't, like didn't one get of those a things true beach day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I didn't really know that until that happened. But anyways, yeah. but the point is, all my friends are gonna be there. All these people were flying in, and so I was really, really bummed out. Mm-hmm. I got really cool with a guy who also does these uh, boat parties in Miami or, like, yacht rentals. So I just thought to myself, I was like, what if I throw a boat party myself? Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of flight attendant friends. We don't mm-hmm. pay for flights. We'll fly in the day off, and then we'll fly out the next day. Mm-hmm. We only have to – we'll share rooms, whatever. And um, I put out, a, a, like, a, a poll on my Instagram. It's like, is anyone interested in doing a boat party? Mm-hmm. End of the summer. End of the summer boat party. Anyone interested? September 17. And I got a lot of, like, feedback. People were, like, down, down, down. Like, flight attendants, yes, let's do it, let's do it. And I wanted to incorporate, like, an open bar. So I took mm-hmm. the cost of the yacht, and I took the cost of the alcohol, and I divided it by the capacity, which was 35 Tickets were $150. So I was like, okay, let's see if this works. And I sold tickets. Mm-hmm. Except for, like, the first 10 people who bought were not flight attendants. And I was like... Oh shit! Like, <laughs> okay, these were friends that are just, just one excited. of them yeah. being the girl who I met in Colombia. Uh, and nice. I was like, Shout out Colombia! Yeah, she lives in LA. Thank you, Doris. <laughs> and I was like, okay, they're texting me, asking me where I'm staying because these people don't fly on a regular. So now they're coming mm-hmm. for a full weekend in Miami, mm-hmm. right? So now you gotta deliver. I was like, okay, well, I I, I can't room with. 10 people, and then 10 people turn into 20, mm-hmm. 20 non-flight attendants, right? And I was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Right. So I was like, I started calling all these hotels mm-hmm. in the area, and I was like, can you guys give me a discount? Like, if I book 10 rooms. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, sure. So then I got a group discount. Okay. And then I paired everybody based on personalities because, like, I know everyone on a one-on-one basis. Oh, okay. So wow. based on your judgment of the personalities. Based on the judgment of the okay, personalities. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But it worked out well. I had mm-hmm. no complaints. That's good. <laughs> could have been really south, right? But it worked yeah. out well. <laughs> That's great. That it That's a out. good call, like, judgment because it could have, you know, it could have been a bad experience with, like, man, me and my roommate, we got into it. Like, we just didn't buy it. But the fact oh, that, 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 I mean, spending how many, di- like, one or two days with someone you don't know and Traveling you don't buy it. brings out the best. Yeah. Or the worst. And the worst. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So, not only was I planning people's stays, now I was also planning people's things to do because they're like, oh my God, you're always in Miami. Figure it out. Like, what should we do? <laughs> we people, follow you, Victoria. People don't, they don't want to like pressure themselves <laughs> with the burden of having a plan. Like, they just it, want shit. They want to show up and yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's not even just like wanting to show up and with the plan, but they're like, well, Victoria knows best, right? Because yeah. she goes to Miami all the time. Which oh, yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I mean, I don't know best, but I agree that I can I would probably have, be in the same situation, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw this boat party. I sell out mm-hmm. literally the night before. And I'm like, oh, my God, I made my money back. I didn't make any money from it, but I just wanted a good But you didn't lose money. Party. Yeah. I didn't lose money. You just That's wanted good. to have a great event. I just wanted to have a great just event. Just to pull it off. Because I was like, why not, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I brought... 35 strangers together on this boat and we had the most epic party and weekend, right? Mm -hmm. Because it turned into a weekend activity. And then they were like, when is the next one? Immediately, the spark 
The spark happens. And I was like, what next? Like, next year, yeah, the end of the summer party, yeah, we'll do it again. No, no, They're no, like, no, next no, we want to Run it back, out. run it back. And then people became friends, and people yeah. started traveling together, and friends started spending holidays together nice. that met at this boat party. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I was like, wait, maybe I have something going here. Okay. Right? So I was like, okay, what do I do now? And I decided to, okay, let's put a stamp on this. It's got this adventure. Let's do it. And... It was so funny because I kind of did a test on my birthday. Mm-hmm. I reached out to a club, and mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I can bring, you know, real tough shit, right? I can bring 150 people. No problem. Yeah. Hey, on that Jorge Turralde <laughs> shit right there. I know, right? We have a buddy that's similar shit, but back in the 80s, late, yeah. ni- late, or late, uh, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Very similar, like Austin, like, I could bring 300 people to this club. So Yeah, so, so he yeah. started, so he moved to Austin from L.A., and he was a DJ. And he was a rock and espanol type of DJ. I love that. So he was like, I want to bring the same thing that I did in L.A. to Austin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because everybody here was just doing salsa. He he pretty much went to places. And he went to the first place. And he was like, hey, um, this is my plan. I'm going to bring the people, but I'm I'm going to do rock and espanol. They're like, no. And he told them, all right, I'm going to close you down in a couple of months. He went to another place. And then that like, worked out. He's like, I'm gonna bring the people that that come here to the Over place there, I'm yeah. going to because you you didn't give me a shot. And then he started he started a hustling. Uh, he went to events at UT, passed out flyers. Passed out flyers. The social media was print. Yeah, you, you were just flyers and yeah. letters and stuff. And then after that, he was like, he goes there and then he meets a person in charge of uh, like an association, like Hispanic association in Austin. And he's like, hey, how many members do you have? And the lady was like, I have 150. Like. Oh, yeah, we can work something out. You just bring him over, and we'll take care of everything. And then he tells the new owner, like, hey, whatever you do, sell dollar beer, dollar shots at this certain times. Back, then, work back out. then it worked. Now, inflation. Inflation, inflation. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that wouldn't even pay for, like, probably the bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, he said, like, after that, um, people started coming. People started coming. He wow. started getting known by everyone, but it was all because of him just Having the coming in and be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this and I'm going to bring it. I don't know how. And I think he even told his his girlfriend at that time. He's like, hey, uh, how, many, how, many, how, many, how many family members do you have? All She's like, how about 220? He's like, bring them all. I need 100. <laughs> <laughs> so then that worked out. So that that's that's pretty good. You know? That's good, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Hi, people, people like him, people like you, they have yeah. that boldness to just really take a chance and like say, you know what? I could bring. I start. I could bring people here. So, yeah. so that's that's what you do. You, that's what you did. Yeah, I, I I went up to this club and I was like, I know you guys are fairly new, mm-hmm. and um, I can bring 150 people here mm-hmm. and uh, close that. Just let me have my private birthday party. Mm-hmm. And they were like, uh, Saturday night. Where was the club at? XOXO uh, in Dallas. Okay. So I did a masquerade party, and sure enough, I brought mm-hmm. 100 to 150 people in. We did, bought bottle service. Did I have this one question? Clubs always have. So, uh, how many girls are you bringing? Because <laughs> I want to have the ratio of guy and girl. Yeah. Okay, so the, funny. The ratio. I was like, I was like talking about this earlier today too. I'm like, for some reason, it's worked out every time. Okay, it's been pretty That's even. Good. Even on my travel trips, you know, like you're traveling somewhere. Like, do I want to get stuck with like ten guys and like two girls? Like, mm-hmm. no, right? But it's been so even. That's good. That's great. So I feel like my birthday was kind of like that, like little hint of like, should I do it or not, right? Mm-hmm. So because I shut it down, and I mean we hit our mark, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can do this. So I did a escape goes to Tulum. Mm. 
Yeah. Tulum, man. Yeah, the word oh. Tulum. I that know. seems February. to be the, the buzz, the it buzz, is the buzz, the buzz yeah. place of uh, of our generation. It is definitely. I feel like maybe now with Europe traveling, it's kind of like okay, it's changing a bit, but but it's still I think it's like, like the hit. C- coming over the hill. Like I don't know like that it's okay. I'll tell you this: tourists mm-hmm. are still gonna go there. Yeah, right, right. But the people who like created Tulum are out somewhere else. Mm. Interesting thing. So about the the guy that I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, Palazuelos, a famous actor in Mexico, he's the reason why Tulum started. They call him el el the el diamante negro. Because he was like dark skinned dude, and he said, "You know what? I want to have the same thing that Acapulco has, but in in this one place, like part of Mexico, like on the other side of, and La yeah. Otra Costa." Mm-hmm. And that's when everything started. Uh, they they did a documentary. He invested in some you know properties and hotels in there, and that's what started bringing more people to, you know, to Tulum. But it was more like Mexico. But I don't know, like the American part and international part. How how is it now? But from yeah. what I heard is like, you know, it's the it's people popping. that used to go. Well, Richie, I hate to break it to you, but the loom was actually started by the Mayans. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. Know, right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. You're always trying to take credit, right? These other people. <laughs> no, but like, I went to the loom as yeah. a, uh, probably like a 17, 16 year old kid with my family. And you What's know. What's one of them? Una coronita. Okay. Para, para el rey. <laughs> no, but seriously, so when I went, I went with my family, and it was yeah. a totally different time. You're talking like, <laughs> you're talking like more like 12 years ago. Oh, it was nothing. It like was what nothing. It's now. Yeah. So when I went, I was amazed at how like this was a drive away from Cancun, the hustle mm-hmm. and bustle of the Cancun kind of touristic uh, mecca, and then you go to Tulum, mm-hmm. and it's like totally local. There's a there's a preserve. There's a, 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 a historical archaeological place mm-hmm. on the side of the beach that you're like chilling where the Mayans chilled, learning their story. And then you mm-hmm. walk down the stairs, you're on this perfect beach. Mm-hmm. And you're like, want to have a beer? You walk down the beach and there's a little puesto selling selling, oh, ca- I love that. selling camarones. Bring se- it back. Selling micheladas. <laughs> and I look around and I'm like, this is, we're in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah. we're, we're in a historical spot. And then you go back up, and then the only people you see around are on bikes. And they're, for some reason at the time, they were European. They were French. Mm -hmm. And they would literally camp on the beach in a tent. So Tulum, for the longest, or for since since I went, Mm -hmm. always had a draw for the nomads. For the nomad. The, 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 like that European mm-hmm. kind of nomad people that wanted to just go out and explore and uh, maybe not be in like <laughs> such a luxurious site but be in like a place that's real yeah. I, I was kind of like gente que creció rica, rica que quiere, quiere viajar pobre? de pobre yeah. pero nosotros que crecimos pobres queremos viajar como rico high, <laughs> <in the high. laughs> I said catch me at the Hyatt to next like for weekend. example I only do Uber in Chicago <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, you got me. Yeah, had he said lift though, it would have been like, no, he's living, he's he's living penny to penny. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's true, like how much Tulum has changed. And like, I remember thinking to myself when I was planning this Tulum trip. Yeah, February twenty sixth. I mean, if you guys have been recently or heard, it's expensive. O sea, es como que yendo a Saint-Tropez, Ibiza, Mykonos. It's on another level. It's not Mexico. Mm-hmm. Like Cancun's expensive for Mexico, Tulum está como que fuera del mundo, mm-hmm. you know? So I was like, fuck, I didn't I didn't think about that when mm-hmm. I said everybody we're going to Tulum. And then I was like, 
yo, these tickets are going to be like at minimum one thousand dollars, mm-hmm. right? For like the flight, the so, yes. stay, or what? So now, what I created with the Scott Biz Adventure was basically when you book a ticket, mm-hmm. it includes transportation to your mm-hmm. hotel for the most part. Um, hotel, it includes every excursion, every party, every mm-hmm. um, like just little minac. We had dinners, reservations, all those little things that are included in, in a normal itinerary. Okay. You get all of that, so you don't have to worry about a thing. You okay. come, you pay. You show up, you meet friends. You, you enjoy. That's you good. guys, have you ever stayed at a hostel? Yes. I've, had one, I've, yeah. I've stayed at many hostels. Some great, some not yeah, so great. You have your ups and downs, <laughs> right? But I think everybody needs to experience a hostel. because oh, yeah. for sure. For sure. It, hostels are amazing for those travelers, those like nomads, those like, I have a trouble bug. They get you into those adventures that you had no idea. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I always seem, like I, I kind of describe people, escape is kind of like, a prestigious hostel Ooh, on okay. the go. Okay. So you get to come. Because I'm catering to people who don't like to plan, mm-hmm. have money to spend, but also want to meet other people like them. Like-minded. And there's a lot of people that have Entrepreneur that, you know? kind of yeah. like vibey adventures. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I was nervous, though, because I was like, I didn't really know what my market was. I didn't right. know what I was ex- what to expect. And I was mm-hmm. like, $1,000 for the cheapest ticket? That's kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm Mexican. I remember we talked about, we didn't grow up rich. Yeah, That's yeah. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But I was able to bring 35 people to Tulum. Mm. You created something with true value for a certain market that was willing to take that that leap. And once they did, they had no regrets. Because yeah. from what I remember of our mutual friends that have gone to these uh, escape trips, they are like, Nothing but raving reviews mm-hmm. about them, about the people that they met, the experiences that they had, and how how much of a how much of a truly great uh, way it was to travel. So kudos to you for Thanks. for being bold enough. To a lot that. of it. So like I don't know much about it. Uh, I'm learning more about it, but a lot of it is just in the person that's planning it behind it. It's very indicative. Yeah. Because because you can be someone that I mean, for example, what happened with uh, Firefest. You know, oh, everybody was like, rats. are you going to be the next Firefest? Oh, like, shit. Don't tell so, me that. Hey, that's, that's, some, that's some negativity vibes. So, You're no, like, no. But, but like, say, with that bullshit, say, say, bro. Say, but no, 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 no. But I mean, it's good to point that out because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. say, yeah. You're, you're behind it because it's genuine. You're not trying to get something out of an investor and promote something that it's not going to be, like, it's fake. Right. You're, you're creating something genuine. Have you said... The connections that people have made, the 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 fact that when they show up, literally everything is there for someone that doesn't like to plan. Like I don't like to plan. Every time I go on vacation, I'm like, I'm gonna wing it. I don't care what we do. No. <laughs> so that's anti. That's okay, anti. Okay, listen. I will plan your for. next trip for free. Just like don't Damn. do that. <laughs> here first on the road. As long as it's in the, in the states, because I can't go outside. Because if I go outside, I can come back. But that's another Uh-oh. story. <laughs> but 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 one thing, yeah. like say like say when I think of um, like say like that that type of events, if it's genuine and if it's work that's behind with thoughtfulness and with with um, like my wife, she also likes to plan things every time we go, and you know we rarely have any problems on scheduling because she has like to the dot what we're gonna do. I tell her, you okay? That's great. We need to have at least two days. If it's out of those three, where we're gonna not do anything and just mm-hmm. wing it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but, but like, so what you're doing is something that like, it, it's real, it's possible and yeah. it's enjoyable. 
And the crazy thing is, like, as I continue to grow this brand and work with other people, I think the biggest thing from it is, like, so I've only been able to do Latin countries. So I've done mm. Tulum. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Miami was, like, technically the first one, right? But Tulum, Panama, mm -hmm. um, and now I'm in Austin. And I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from working with all these people is I want everybody to win. Like, I, I, I will be honest, I'm not making a penny from my events right now. Mm -hmm. um, but like how you said, like, I'm trying to be genuine. I'm trying to incorporate locals. I'm mm -hmm. trying to help others that, like, maybe not have an opportunity, like, to do something like this, mm -hmm. you know, be part of it. Because I think there's room for everybody, you know? And and I think that that does, like, showcase. Like, doing Tulum, I mean, I was kind of all over the place. But it, it, it was a very difficult, like, kind of, like, mindset to have. I was, like, trying to make sure I didn't put money in. Trying mm -hmm. to make sure I also, like, made sure everybody had a good time. And that whole thing that you said is funny. Like, you need to have, like, two days or you do nothing. I packed up that Tulum schedule, like, no joke. <laughs> and it was like A B C D E F G H G. And I just remember like thinking like I mean everybody had a great time. Our videos are phenomenal. Like everybody has nothing but great like memories to talk about. Mm -hmm. But I did take that. You you said it and I felt it that, that trip. <laughs> I, I was like <laughs> I was like yo when I go to the next trip I need to add some breaks. <laughs> no, yeah, it, 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 it and it's good. People. Like say for it example, it's good for like like whenever. Um, I'm, you know, I started doing photography and doing like some events. I like there was one event where we had Stuber there, and there was just like dude, like Stuber's our our goalkeeper. Goalkeeper for Austin FC. Shout out Stuber. Hello. Big love to you. <laughs> and 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 like for a moment, I was like, I'm just so worried about getting everybody a picture with Stuber, but you know, like I want to get pictures of everyone in there as well, or I want to just sit back and enjoy it, and then figure out something different. So then, I'm not just oh yes, he's the guest. You know the the honorary guest of that event, but I'm not just like all over Stuber. But I, I tell know. everyone, hey, I want to get as many people like, and I told them from the beginning, I want to get as many people as possible with Stuber in like in that picture. That's my goal. Um, but that, that's not my end thing. Uh, I want to enjoy the the time, and then that helped out too because for you, like say for example, sometimes in those events you still need your break, like you still need the time to hang out, sit back, relax. You know what? Let me have a beer with you. And how's your day? Like, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that builds genuine things because who knows? Maybe the next person that goes is going to be represented by someone that knows Diplo. And they're like, man, she was all what over the place. But It'll she happen. sat back and she had a beer with me. And we had some, un, un, una mariscada. And, yeah, yeah. And then from there, it's like, that, that. That, that that would change. Like, you never know, like, who you're going to Who gonna you're going to meet. Who you're gonna 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 meet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, so I did the Tulum trip. I knew every single person on that trip, mm -hmm. right? So it was really cool. I kind of, well, okay, there was like two or three people I maybe didn't know. But for the most part, I knew everybody. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted everyone to have a good time. I'm always about that person. Mm -hmm. like, I'm right. always like, I want everyone to vibe. Mm -hmm. We went to Panama. I think I only knew five people. Wow. So It was the, a different challenge, different experience. And how many was, people did it go? That one was 15. Okay. 15, 16 with me. You knew a third of the people there. I knew a third of the people. And the cool part, though, was that they were so excited because they had seen what happened in Tulum, you know? And I was yeah, like, oh, my the, God, the, like, it's it high created that vibe, the, yeah. the, the expectations, the energy. Yeah, yeah. And, and I will never forget, I remember um, I came in, you know, and had a meeting with the director of the mm -hmm. hotel that we stayed at. 
And, you know, we were just talking. He was like, I think what you're doing is really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I keep doing this, yada, yada. And I, like, from my corner of my eye, I saw a couple sitting. I was like, I think they're with my group, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we finished our lunch, and then uh, I got up, and I walked over. I was like, I don't mean to be weird, but are you guys here for a scope? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, nice. I'm Victoria. And just seeing how excited they were to, like, mm-hmm. see the person behind the magic, I guess. Yeah. I sat down and had, like, a drink with them, hung out. Mm. I wanted to hear about them. How did they hear about me? Like, what are they expecting? What are they like? And then that night, I was like, let me take you guys to dinner. Because it was a day early before the event started. Mm. Some people got in earlier. Mm-hmm. And I took them to dinner. And we, oh. like, explored Panama in a sense. And, like, it was cool just yeah. to hang out, you know? And, like, with these people that are so excited to be there. Because some people only get to vacation, real vacation, like, twice a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And those are memories that literally last a lifetime. You got to mm-hmm. make it make it worth it at that yeah. point. You got to make it amazing. And all I was like thinking was like, if this is one of their weeks, it needs to be one of the best weeks of their lives. Right. Yeah. Right. That's Man, awesome. That's, that's awesome that like yeah. a lot of people under pressure kind of sometimes feel the weight of it. But like you rise to the occasion. And that's something that I tell Richie all the time. Like whenever we're doing these shows, like. This is the best podcast episode we're ever doing. Yeah, we always want. <laughs> so like, we I'm excited. We like, yeah, we, we take. Yeah, we, we take like the we take whole. It seriously. Like, we take we, it very seriously. Yeah, we, we take it like yeah, that was a great episode in the past, but this one right here this has one to here be better. Is the best. Like, and say, it's amazing because every time, like, if you continue to put in your everything right. and your 100, percent like, I and I was taught this in book selling. If your clients and your customers are happy, mm-hmm. you are going to continue to give good work. Because, like, it's something about, like, that, like, uh, like just vibe of being around happy people that just mm. makes you want to do better and better and better, right. right? Right. So it's like, sure, I mean, I'm probably the number one podcast right now, guys. Hey. Mm. So, Otra, por favor. <laughs> yeah, one, one I don't question know who's next have. week, but <laughs> it's me right now, okay? <laughs> yeah, we, have, we already, so the, the next week's episode is already being recorded last week, so. Our, our, Two weeks uh, from now, just saying. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. But, but you're going around next week No, nah, sure. seriously, um, you know, I, I truly believe that just like there is a vicious cycle of negativity. There's, there, there's, there's also there, a vicious cycle of positivity. positivity. And you there, have to roll with that. Yeah, you yeah. have to continue you, to push. You, you got yeah. to hop on that yeah, way yeah, yeah. and swerve. That negativity yeah, way. Be, be, I mean, and it's good, like, say, for example, to know what the negative outcomes are going to be if they, in case shit goes south. But whenever you continue, like, they're always saying, like, the haters are people that not, you know, haters, whatever. But haters shout are out always... Out my, shout out to my haters like, out there. Um, haters <laughs> are always going to be people that don't have anything going on. And they're just there to talk shit. But once that hater does something that's meaningful and that takes time... When, when was the last time you heard a su- successful person hate on anyone? Exactly. Because they're all worried about creating something, creating something. Yeah. And like, say, for example. Um, they're in their own vibe. Yeah, yeah. So when, whenever you're, you're creating things that are good, you're going to have that itch of whether it's traveling, whether it's creating an event, whether it's recording this, doing this photo, whatever. You're always going to continue to want to just do better and better and better and better. Yeah. And, and, that's, and sometimes in the Latino community, especially in the Mexican community, we kind of have that thing where someone's doing good, y como que nos da un poquito de, de envidia. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, that's unfortunate. It is. Right. And, really and, 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 you know, I think it's something that, like, as I continue to grow with my Latino friends, and I always tell my girls and all my really, really close friends, I mean, Uzi being one of the biggest supporters I've had, my best friend <laughs> Ray being one of the biggest supporters Uzi I've had, 
Like I'm like, if I win, you win. You, like it, my thing is like, if I'm coming up, yeah, you're coming up with me. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And it, it has a lot to do with like that. You, you are who you surround yourself with. You know. Right. And I think that when you put yourself in in, in a position where you, all your friends are just pumping you up and mm-hmm. and giving you motivation, all these speeches, and just helping you out, whatever it is, you know, it's like I'm gonna remember that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and I love I, I love hearing that about about Uzi because a lot of people know him as kind of like this shit housery type guy. Like he kind of just is always like joking with you, kind of talking shit. But really, he's got a great heart, Very. and he, you have a you have an amazing heart too. Mm-hmm. So it's like you guys are just pushing each other. And that's what friendships. That's and a true, true friendship. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it's supposed to. Do. And that's supposed to be. Richie's always said this thing, um, and you know. He he was I, I had no idea I was gonna be in a podcast. Chinga te lo now. And he was just like he was like come through man just just come hang out and all of a sudden I'm I'm on the He's mic. He's lying. He begged you right? Not no, <laughs> no, nah, it was a funny <laughs> thing. He, he sent me a message like hey I have these ideas and then we were we're gonna record and then we were like dude we have four microphones hop on it and after that we we're like hey you want to be part of it like hell yeah, yeah. dude so like Richie's like one of his biggest uh, concepts is. Everyone can. What was he? How do you say? It? Can eat a piece of the pie. You've said this like multiple that. times. Everyone can get a piece of the pie or some shit like that. Yeah, like say if the pie is there, I want everybody to get a share of it. I don't. I mean, I don't want to be the person that you know. Say for example, I I, I want to make sure you get your share. Right. I want to make sure you get like. I don't want to be the one person that takes eighty percent and then the rest only get twenty. Like I want to be able to like, hey, you know what? Um, any situation, like when it comes to, like, say, for example, not even now in Terry, interviews, collaborations. If Koke gets something done with an article in the future, like, go ahead, go for it, dude. Like, say he gets right. called for a photo shoot because of his looks. And I'm like, hey, man, as long as you tell me, tell him, I told you how to dress, go for it. <laughs> Created by Richie. <laughs> Created by Richie. But no, and that's what, that's one thing that, like, a lot of the times we just have to do, like, Whenever we see someone doing creating anything, yeah, we have to um, push each other. Uh, luckily, and, and I'm glad, like a lot of the community that we have that do podcasting in Austin, we're all vibing. Where we're all supporting, we're all each, supporting other. each other. Yeah. There's That's no amazing. animosity. Like there's other podcasts that we had that you know that people think like, oh man, you guys are competing. Like I don't nah, think dude. Like, heck no, that. heck no. Like someone was like, so what's the competition like? And I was like, dude you dude like that's yeah. all i'm not it's not a competition like just because you're doing something similar like sorry just because they're doing something similar it means like we're competing no i want them to succeed because then they're succeeding their way and we're succeeding our way and the other right. person succeeding their way but right. by no means my goal is to be oh the best podcast in austin, in austin. i'm like man i would say the best podcast where you can come drink a beer <laughs> that's my thing do this thing we're doing now yeah uh vicky so you you You've talked to us about this this beautiful thing you've created with the Scapit, but we all know that that in creation comes challenges. Oh my god! Yeah, and and, <laughs> and even in your day to day now, you you're facing challenges. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you've had with the Scapit, and how have you overcome them and dealt with them? Um, well, luckily I have a job that gives me a lot of time for flexibility in the That's sense good. that, like, on my off time, I'm off. There's no deadlines. Like, if a passenger wanted three Diet Cokes and I served it to them, I don't even remember who that passenger was after I get off that plane, right? Mm. So it's like, work is done. I can focus on what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so, luckily I have the time, 
But man, even time that I do have, which is a lot, is not enough, it feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, one, it's because you have to socialize to expand your brand, right? And then number two, again, we go back to being this first-generation Latino. It's like my parents aren't rich and can't just fund my business, right? I'm literally self-funding myself. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I literally haven't made, like, a dollar to my name. But everything I keep telling myself is that it's going to be worth it. And every event just gets better and better, mm. you know? And luckily, I've been able to reach out to people to help. So I have, like, a, a mentor with New York, you know, that they've set up for me and he helps me and he's like, okay, we're going to get these numbers. This is what we're looking and projecting. And he helps me understand what to do with my business. And I think that those are resources that people really need to reach out. If you're starting your own business and you're, you know, wherever you're located, there are services for that. Take advantage because being a Latino and being a minority shouldn't be a reason why you don't prosper and succeed. Mm. Right. And so that and number two, if there's anything I've learned with Austin event that I'm planning this Saturday tomorrow, technically, um, two weeks from now when this gets posted, <laughs> um, is that things are gonna fall apart. Mm. Things are not gonna go the way you planned it to. Right. I started off with one venue. Something happened. And I had to switch venues. Mm-hmm. Started off with one headliner DJ. Something happened. Had to switch DJs. And so, like, I have to think fast. You know, Mm -hmm. I have to be like, what's the next move? What can I afford? What can I not do? You know? And even this morning, I walked to my event space, and they're like, by the way, the person building your stage can't do it. Mm. (laughs) Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) (laughs) If there's not anything else that can just go wrong. (laughs) But you know what? Like, I think... Going back to just that positive thinking, that positive, like, atmosphere, that, like, having a supportive, like, group behind you. Mm-hmm. These are moments that really could just, like, break you, right? Like, you could just be like, I don't have enough funds for this, so I can't right. do it. Mm-hmm. I quit. Mm-hmm. Refund. No thing's happening. Mm-hmm. I could easily just be like, I don't want to ever do this again, which I've said that already, but, you know. Throwing the towel. That yeah. Ain't, that ain't Vicky. And it's so easy, though, in those <laughs> moments of being so under pressure because for me, it's like whether it was 30 bucks that you pay to come to this party in Austin or it was 120 to pay to come to this party in Austin, mm-hmm. you deserve to have the best night, mm. you know? So whatever it takes from I am to make that happen, I'm going to do that. And I, I think that, that that's the one challenging part is like you have to remember your why you have to remember, it is going to get hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, every I think every minute before this podcast, this is like literally my relaxing time. I'm not doing anything for work. Or flutter. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy, glad we're not bringing you in this stress to, to like, happy what to should I say? Thank you. <laughs> no, seriously. It's like, you know, I'm coming in from Dublin last weekend and like I, I land at 2 p.m. And it's like, okay, I, I should not because time change i'm tired i are working for seven hours you gotta stay up but i have Keep work to do i have Keep a going. going to austin next weekend i have to contact i have to email i have mm-hmm. to put things together and luckily i've been surrounded like i said with supportive people that have helped me because i am a, a one person team right now mm-hmm. which hopefully in the next couple months that changes mm-hmm. um but it, it, it's just those challenging moments where like Things are falling apart and you have to think on your feet and like things are going to work out. People are going to fail on you. I was thinking I was going to take 40 people to Panama. 
I took 15, you know? But that still ended up being okay. And it ended up being very successful still. You know, and I mean, whatever your business line lines in, I think as long as like you were saying, people are genuine, you do the work the way you're supposed to, you have your heart in it, and you have a why, you just got to push. I'm pushing through right now. (laughs) And there's one thing, like when I think of businesses, when you're thinking something different that has to do with service, make sure people have a good time. A lot of the times we always think of the monetary. How much money am I going to make? How much this is going to happen? How much is it? But when you think of what am I going to do to make someone feel good? Mm-hmm. And then the money, like say that your motive has, has, I mean, when you're doing something like this, what is my goal for this event? Mm-hmm. The monetary part comes afterwards. A thousand percent. And I think it's funny you say that. Going and tracking back to my book days, mm-hmm. there was a day where, or when they train you for every moment that you're going to have in the, in the book field. Mm-hmm. And they tell you, listen, because we turn off our phones during the day. There's no distraction. You're yep. working, right? And they tell you, like, your parents are going to call you at night. Mm-hmm. Before you go on this trip, tell your parents not to ask you how many sales did you make. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about the sales. Is did you put in the work. Because you put in the work, you put in the genuine, the sales at the end of the day will ra- add up. Whether I said, for example, I think it was like for every 10 people I sit mm-hmm. down with, every 10 people I speak to, I sit down with three, I make one sell. It was something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So even if I sat down with 20 people and talked to six and zero bought, that means tomorrow I'm going to sell like two. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? You just have to put it in the work. And mm-hmm. I told my dad that. I was like, hey, dad, like, don't ask me how many sales I made. But again, he's thinking quick response, right? Mm-hmm. So... I finished my night, and of course my dad's like, "So how many sales did you make?" <laughs> of course, like, damn it, dad. Yeah, it, it, it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. I, yeah. I, I, de- I definitely relate to that because in in the, the project engineer world of of construction man, con- construction projects, like a lot of times, as a young professional, you're like, "How much is enough? How much? Is, what is a good day?" And what mm-hmm. I've learned is that a good day is when you feel that you did everything you could that day. Mm-hmm. You, you gave There's it only so much you can control. Mm-hmm. It, that, can be, that can be eight hours. It can be six hours. It can be 12 hours. It, it, right. it can be so many different things, but it just depends on how you felt you've given that day and what you've done and your satisfaction, and boom, just reset, reset the clock the next day, reset your mindset the next day. Right, and, and it's funny because like my dad never learned his lesson, no matter how many times I told him. And, I, and then I tell him... I'm doing this company, mm-hmm. and um, I'm like, Dad, I'm going to Tulum. It's an expensive trip. Mm-hmm. You need to understand that if I don't make money from this, it's okay. Yeah. I'm building my brand. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I finished Tulum. So how much did you make? And, you're like, <laughs> and he's like, es que no entiendo por qué chingados tienes que estar haciendo algo que no te va a traer dinero. And I was like, papi, ¿tú crees que el señor de Apo hizo Apo y ganó el primer día? Yeah. How many times do we no. hear stories about these influential entrepreneurs that try and try and try and don't make yeah. it out? How many times was Elon Musk in debt? Right? Yeah, tons of times. So many times. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's the only thing that keeps me on the same site going. And I told my dad, I was like, you can't. It's really deteriorating, mm-hmm. you know? 
especially from your family. Yeah, it's demoralizing for sure. You know, like mm. sometimes your family can be the biggest influencers and motivators, but at the same time, without them wanting, wanting to, to right. they can be your biggest attractors, unintended attractors. And it's it's tough. Yeah. It's tough, especially doing something that you're doing, like entrepreneurship. But um, you've talked about brand. You've talked about uh, what what your trips are and, and, and what it takes to do them. What do people get out of a, a Vicky G Escape trip? Ooh. <laughs> um, I don't know. Come to one. Check it out. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> no, 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 no. In all seriousness, um, has anyone ever like experienced going to a new city? Let's say you go to Mexico City mm-hmm. and you go and you have nothing planned, right? Mm. And then... It's five days long trip. On day five, you finally figure out where to go. You finally meet some friends. Mm-hmm. You finally like are like, okay, I'm getting the use of the city, like right. what to eat, where to go, how to reuse a subway, and it's time to go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sucks, right? You're like, sucks. dang it. Like, I just met these people. They were so cool. They're staying for another week. I wish I was staying with them. Like, yeah, this right. whole vibe, right? So, like, with Escape, it's almost like I did that work for you. Mm-hmm. And now we're just getting to the nitty-gritty. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like exploring the non-touristy places. Mm-hmm. It's going in depth with relationships with these people that you're connecting with that are on this trip. And it's literally, like, creating these memories that are once-in-a-lifetime kind of stories. You know? That's beautiful. I, I yeah. think I've, like... Not trying to toot my own horn because I feel like a lot of travelers can kind of say the same thing. But when you've traveled enough and experienced some of these like out of the world experiences, it's this mm-hmm. kind of like natural high that you're like, I want everyone to feel this. Like I want people to experience this. No, you know? no, that's that, that's well said, and I think I think your, your your mission is true. It's valid, and it's and it's extraordinary. And I think what you're doing is something special, right? So. Um, this is this is a perfect place, a perfect time to do it. Especially, we've talked about it before. Um, Latinos, we're having like a resurgence, resurgence in in, in the mainstream, especially right. now. Yeah, we're we're trending. We're trending. We're cool. Yeah, we're like everyone then, wants tacos and tequila. Back then, the, we, <laughs> we had to do the, we had to do the crossover. We had to do our things in English and this and that. Exactly. Now it's like, hey, you know. Yeah, I'm giving what? you permission to wear that poncho. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> El sarape. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. so what? What? What better? What better person to uh, to start something like what you're doing than than Vicky Gonzalez? So hello. And uh, I, I think a lot of it has to do with also the experiences you you've had, and like you said, you're you're yes, everything is gonna happen. You're you probably question yourself whether you're gonna do it or not. But the fact that you're doing something different, I think that's what I I, I, I enjoy from people when they, they do something different than just like the regular nine to five job. Yeah. You're taking advantage of every opportunity you have because of the flexibility with your work, mm-hmm. because of, you know, what else you can do whenever you're off. Um, some people, whenever they're off, they want to just sit back and I don't know. But you're like, hey, you know what? I'm, I have these events. Let's, let's do this. And there's nothing wrong with, right, sitting back and relaxing, because mm-hmm. I do think, like, relaxing is great. I actually kind of want to do this after Saturday, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead, go ahead. I would say you kind of touched on the, th- on the subject of, like, being something different. And, you know, coming to Austin, I originally had this, like, club, like, um, reserved for my party. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, it didn't work out. So I had to 
think quick. I reached out to every person that I knew that was in the industry that had an in that maybe connected me with someone. Mm-hmm. And I found this like magical house. From the outside, it looks like a typical East Austin vibe house. Mm-hmm. And then you walk in and it's literally the biggest space you've ever seen in your life. Right? Outdoor, indoor. And I'm literally taking this space and creating like my experience in Tulum mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like the name of this event is Escape Brings Tulum to Austin. Mm-hmm. And I'm incorporating DJs that are found there, international, and bringing something different to mm-hmm. Austin. You know, I was so scared. I think for the first week, I had only sold like 20 tickets. They were all like my sorority sisters and my friends and Uzi and his friends. <laughs> hey. And I was like, shit, like I am, oh my God, is this even worth it? Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, it would have been so much cheaper to have it on 6th Street <laughs> on a bar. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have not been coming out of pocket. But this place just like was like this is gonna be it. It was magical. This is gonna be the vibe. You saw this the is vision. Gonna, you saw the vision. There. You is, have something about it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, this is where we're gonna capture the realness of being exotic and different, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, all right, it's it's gonna cost you like five paychecks. You got it, you know. <laughs> so I did, and and now we're at a hundred one presale tickets. Wow, damn. You know. It's For a week, I was sitting at 24. It's going to be a vibe. It's going to be a vibe. And it's, it's, gonna, a vibe it's, a, it's a one-day event that's going to happen. So, yeah, I started doing... So, my thing is travel. Okay. So, I travel with my Scopic company. Right, right, right. But now, I kind of want... A lot of people were messaging me, and there's so many people were like, oh, we can't go on this trip. I can't take that many days off. So, I figured, you know what? Why don't I do pop-up parties? Mm. Just thinking in Austin or Dallas. I was kind of thinking Dallas first because it's like my home. Mm-hmm. It's your home. But then, like, Austin kind of was pulling on my leg. And it kind of happened. It does that. <laughs> it ha- Tell me about I'm being here for the city you know, has yeah. years. So it, it's it. amazing. It's amazing. I can't deny it. And, and now, like, I'm working with someone to do something in New York, which more information will be released for that. Okay. And then Miami to kind of, like, build on brand, but at the same time, like, give that travel experience mm-hmm. to those that don't get it as nice. often, you know? No, so. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I love the concept of uh, of bringing something different, something cultural yeah. to, to Austin. Yeah, and, and 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 like kind of uh, bringing bringing the world to here, you know, it's it's, it's right. cool. It's cool what you're doing, creating an environment, creating a world for people that maybe, like you said, don't have the chance to take that many days off. It's kind of special. Yeah. So on that subject, you know, people, you know, a lot of times, uh, many people have like find themselves a little bit bogged down by the routines, mm-hmm. the expectations of mm-hmm. life. Um, you know, like not being able to take that many days off. They don't they don't travel yeah. as much. Like, what what advice can you give to, to someone that that maybe, or maybe not advice, but outlook you give to someone that has that feeling of being like kind of trapped by like the, the the chains of 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 day to day of like paying the bills and going to work and doing this like that think mm-hmm. that these things are that you're doing or you're experiencing it are kind of unattainable. I would say two things because there's two outputs to the situation. Mm-hmm. You could either be someone like me who is doing a work-to-work, day-to-day, very, like, you know, routine, mm-hmm. but have the opportunity to take that leap and do something completely crazy and different or move to a new city, if you're that person, take that leap because it's going to be 100% worth it. You know, it's whether or not it works out, you took that chance, and you're never going to be 25, 27 again. Like, it just doesn't happen. Right. These years don't come back. Time... It's priceless. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so take advantage of it. If you can fuck up a little bit and then be like, damn it, this didn't work out. I have to live at mom and dad's house for like another like two years to recuperate. Dude, you're getting like the best huevos rancheros in the morning. Mm. (laughs) Like that's the worst that can happen. You know what I mean? Our moms, our dads are always going to be there and that's why we have them. Take advantage of having them here while you can. Right. You know? And if you're that second person who's really in more of a, like, I can't escape from my routine. I have responsibilities. I have right. kids. I have a wife. I have, I want to be with this company. I don't want to mm-hmm. leave it, but it's just very routine. Then take a weekend to mm. yourself. So much is there to explore on, like, Texas and or your own state. Like, there's so many states that I still want to go to. Montana, Idaho. Like, a lot of beauty in Mon- this country. Yeah, yeah, there's so much to see. Mm-hmm. And even if it means, like, hey, ask for a day off early and you want to travel to, like, we're literally right next to Mexico. Let's go to Chiapas for, like, the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Save up for that. You don't have to have a week vacation to make it worth it. You know? A couple of days in Mona. Or one, of my, w- one of my favorite places, West Texas, Big Bend. Hey, I've heard a Nash- magical National thing. National Parks, the best dark sky. This, they actually this have side this like hemisphere. new hotel where you stay inside of like a den globe. Oh, yeah. A big band. I've been wanting to check that out. You gl- know, glamping from my man right here. Glamping. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a camper. <laughs> He's not a camper. He's a glamper. I hate camping. <laughs> if you're somebody, for example, like I know there's a lot of people. I have friends, which mm-hmm. is another reason why I did these like pop ups that are on that Dream Act. You know, and they can't leave the country. Oh, that's a good good point good yeah where are we going yeah yeah and and, and and as much as like there's so many of my friends that like dm me like oh my god i wish i could go on your trips like i can't mm-hmm. and that hurts you know it's like dang it like what can i do i can do events here mm. you know and what i've done before like covid hit nobody could leave the country mm-hmm. what did i do i rented a, a camper van I started in North California and road trip the Pacific Coast Highway. I saw that. that, yeah, that was for two cool. weeks. Yeah. I I cooked sausages in a van. I, <laughs> I, like, slept with bees because, like, Joshua Tree is fucking hot, and they will sneak up into your car. Okay? Oh, shit. Um, but they will wake you up, too. So, <laughs> alarm. Free alarm. No, no, no. Like, I mean, there's so much to do yeah. within our own country. Arizona is beautiful. Like, it's one of my favorite places I've ever visited. Places. Not, like, mm-hmm. states. So right. get creative. Take the time. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, especially, like, say, DACA recipients that can travel. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go. Like, say, there's Hawaii, for example, Puerto Rico, yeah. um, the U.S. Virgin Islands, anyone, any any place that has a U.S. territory, as long as you have your, your, your stuff, you know, up to date, you're gonna be yeah, able to there's come a back. lot of islands. Uh, I, I believe like Aruba is part of it, right? And or, or I might be wrong, but there's so many Guam islands in that is part of it too. That general, yeah. yeah, that people don't know mm-hmm. that you could go and travel to, and and it's actually in my works for 2023 to actually do an event like an actual travel event because right now I'm just doing pop ups mm-hmm. for like the end of the year, but I want to do a travel event to one of those U.S. Mm-hmm. territories so that those people who are undocumented and can't you know, leave the country, have that opportunity, experience something with this mm-hmm. guy. That's good. That's wonderful, That's Vicky. So in, in a life full of travel, you know, serving others, event planning. Pouring Diet Cokes. Pouring Diet Cokes. <laughs> <laughs> that take too long. 20 minutes there. The ups and downs of entrepreneurship. How do you take care of yourself? Oh, my God. That's a good question. 
Um, I'm actually in the works of like kind of managing that. It's funny okay. you say th- say that, and I feel like a big part of just like letting loose is hanging out with people I care about, doing things that have zero to do with like travel, like this. Right. And I think it's just reminding myself that it's okay to turn my phone off, put it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's ironic, but traveling is probably not the best <laughs> for me when I want to relax. Yeah. And I just got off the phone with my grandpa yesterday, and I was like, okay, I'm coming to Dallas. I need some time. I mm-hmm. need to relax. I need to unwind. And I think it's just spending it with people I love and my family. I think That's it's just, good. you know, you, 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 you're present, and I'm with my people, and I don't have to worry about another trip. Not that I'm not worried about it. I will worry about it with the time being, right? Yeah. But right. during my time off, I think... That's what I want to do. That's how I take care of myself. That's good. Yeah, that's we we. So uh, uh, one thing we have is amongst all the great things that people do, we always want to ask people, "What do you do?" I mean, saying, you know, how do you take care of yourself? Because that's important. You can do all these amazing things, but if you're not looking out for yourself, at the end of the day, then you know you're not looking out for anyone. And the most important person in you is you. And it's important to note that, like, even as I've gotten older, I've realize how much mental state stability is mm-hmm. like really important you know so if it means reaching out so a psychologist a psychiatrist and i have one you know mm-hmm. because it's helpful and it was a huge taboo in the mexican culture mm-hmm. like i remember sure. being diagnosed with adhd and my family being like you can't take medication it's so bad and i started to scap and i was like there's no way i'm gonna allow something that small to keep me from achieving right. my best Mm-hmm. So I got a psychologist and a psychiatrist because I'm going to treat those matters. I'm going to be like, what's the best for me? Obviously, like he monitors everything, you know, and it's like if it means I, n- I need to go for a run in the morning and I have to cancel all meetings in the morning, then I'm going to do that because mm-hmm. running is therapeutic to me. You know? right. That's good. And, and I think that that comes with like really understanding how you work best. Mm-hmm. For sure. We all got to give importance to our mental. For sure. Yeah. You know, Mar- yeah. Marshawn Lynch, uh, you know, ex-football player. That's what he said. Take care. Of, take care of your money. Your chicken, you, no, your chicken, your body, and your mentals. Mm-hmm. Very interesting way to say it, but you know, take care of how you ha- how you're making your life. Mm-hmm. Take care of your body, yeah. but the the mental aspect is is key. And I'm glad that you say that because I think uh, I think our generation of of Latinos is giving it more and more importance um, compared to you know the previous to our parents and to you know some of our older right. older uh, older f- uh, family members. Um, but dude, that's that's so huge, and, and and I'm glad that you say that coming on this podcast is <laughs> is yeah. a way of relaxation because we always like to talk about this podcast. It's like you're coming on your friend's couch and you're just chilling, telling them. I like, am so chilling right now. Tell, I'm glad. <laughs> tell them the amazing things we you're doing glad. and just having fun. Yeah. It's what it's about. It's what it's what it's about here at Otra Por Favor. So yeah, and thank you, Vicky. Um, I know this probably will put you on the spot, but is there something like say you want to know, or is there something that you need from us? as your event comes in Austin? Um, I think just, like, I guess recognition, support, you know. Um, mm. As I continue to build this, I mean, I'm a Latina, and I'll never forget that. I always put that out there first, and I think that what you guys are doing to creating a platform from other Latinos that are achieving things is more than what, like, others are doing, and I think mm. that's fantastic. It's, you know, and and it's good for those who are listening if you're not Mexican and can 100% identify to remember that as Latinos, we're all kind of in this together, you know? Right. So spreading word and sharing this, whether you're interested in traveling with me or not, 
maybe your friends is, you know, you never right. know like what relationship or impact you can have on them. That's right. No. And, and great that you say that too, because at the beginning of the year, we set goals for each other. Like, Hey, wh- mm-hmm. what do we want out of this? What do we want out of this platform? And one of the things we said was we wanted to have this as a platform to, to promote and push others forward, especially mm-hmm. Latinos and Latinas doing things that are outside of the ordinary doing something out of the comfort zone and something that takes risk. And to me, that's everything that you're doing with Escape. Um, and and you, we're fulfilling our promise, fulfilling our, our what we wanted to do and our goals. So by, by promoting and helping you in whatever way that we can to help you achieve your goals. And this isn't just like a one-time thing. You know, Otra Por Favor will, will always promote promote your events and, and what you're doing. Appreciate and and be, that. That, be that person, <laughs> you know, just to lean on. Show some love and... Uh, Love that. Thank you, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's it's been an honor. Uh, first time I met you in person. Yeah, I know we made it through text, <laughs> uh, but you know, great. And you know, we're glad. Anything we, you need from us, let us know. Um, and if we can do it, we'll do it. Yeah, as long yeah, as it's yeah. legal. <laughs> no, of course. I appreciate you guys for having me on here. I'll see you tomorrow because he's gonna photograph. So if the videos still look good from Austin, guys. <laughs> hey, so before we sign off please tell our audience where they could find you on socials yeah so you can find me um my business page is escapes x c a p e s adventure um or if it's easier to find me uh, me vix adventure you can find me on there tiktok same thing um i'm on both platforms kind of commonly sometimes on twitter the victorious one the victorious one okay speaking into existence a long time ago i like keep conflicting on whether i should change it to vix adventure or not but i'm like the victorious one it's like cool you gotta keep that shit (laughs) the victorious one we'll definitely we'll definitely add all your socials on our on our show notes but uh thank you for sharing uh we appreciate you we appreciate what you do and we wish you nothing but the best appreciate that you guys and i'm sure saturday is gonna be a blast it's gonna be a fucking blast salud 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 se cuidan se portan bien y Adiós.